Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of the Average Joe's Podcast. I'm Josh, joined by my compadres here, Tim, Jake, Johnny, and then from the uh, Southwest, James West is joining us here in the boiler room along with Chris Lapp in our audience today. We are uh, have an exciting show tonight. Our main objective is to preview the NFL playoffs, and yes, we are recording this before the playoffs kick off today, so uh, predictions are legitimate. We're going to talk some NASCAR, some college football playoffs, and some other odds and ends. So let's get right into it with the NASCAR season. It made its uh, infatuous end a few months ago back at Phoenix. Zane Smith, Ty Gibbs, and Joey Logano are your series champions. Gentlemen, quick thoughts on your uh, NASCAR champions there. The future is definitely bright for Zane Smith. I think we saw it this year, Daytona. Coda, Kansas, and then, of course, the championship at Phoenix, and then stepping into Chris Buescher's car at Gateway when he had COVID and finishing 17th, finishing ahead of the boss, Brad Keselowski. You know, you talk about all of the all the prospects when it comes to Chevrolet, when it comes to Toyota. Zane is definitely the top prospect as far as Ford goes, and I think I might see him in a certain cup car come 2024, Josh. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that was something we talked about pre-show. Um, you know, Ty Gibbs winning the Xfinity Championship. Future looks bright for him. He's moving up to Cup next year, obviously replacing uh, Kyle Busch there at Gibbs. Um, unfortunately, he lost his father the day after winning the Cup Championship. Just hours or the Xfinity Championship. Yeah, that was – it was shocking in itself because I was out Sunday morning just doing some groceries and everything, and Jason Boone texted me, and he said, Ty Gibbs isn't in the car today. It's some sort of family emergency. And the first thing you sort of think of, you think of Joe Gibbs. Because Joe was 81 going on 82 at that point. I think that's who would pull him out of the car. You know? And that's two sons he lost already, right? Both of them, JD and Coy, both of them 49 years old. Right. I mean, you go from the highest to highest to the lowest to lows in just the span of a few hours like that. And that's probably a good thing that Ty is going to be in the 54 instead of the 18. Sort of create his own brand and his own identity. Because, I mean, it's impossible shoes to fill either way taking over for Kyle Busch. Right, which, you know, obviously Austin Dillon shouldn't have been put in a three car. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. Yeah, they're making the right move there by giving him the 54. Tim, I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on how you see uh, Ty doing a cup next year with those big shoes to fill at Gibbs. I don't think – I think he's going to fill those shoes really well because he was so dominant – since he's started in uh, in the Xfinity. Xfinity races, I mean, every time you every week he was winning a race. Yeah, and you're like, who's this? You know, what, what was he? Eight, 18? No, was, was he younger than 18? 18 made a series debut, winning on the Daytona Road Course of all yeah. places. <laughs> First time. It's it's just. And don't, don't forget the handful of Cup races he ran last year, filling for yeah. Kurt Busch too. So I yeah. think he's absolutely ready to, to go to the to the show or whatever. Yeah. however you want. Got a top ten in Michigan when we were watching it together. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely time I think for Ty. Oh, yeah. The the biggest thing with Ty though is he just has to learn to temper his aggression yeah. and his temper because we saw obviously the incident with Sam Mayer and Martinsville, and you saw when he body slammed um, Ty Dillon on pit road Let at Texas Motor happen. Speedway. Let it happen. <laughs> Make causes They're, for great TV. Yeah, but my point is, Timmy, those boys on Sunday are not going to put up with it the way that they would on Saturdays. And, and you he's, he's going to have to learn the hard way sooner or later. James, you could probably attest to this being a Philadelphia Flyers hockey fan. I think the games, the races, whatever it is, a little bit better when there's a fight involved, right? Oh, absolutely. It just <laughs> adds to the excitement for the fan base. Yeah. Um, you know, in the NHL, I, I've been to many games and. uh 
you know, hockey fights, everybody stands up. It's it just adds to the game, you know, right. adds to the excitement. I don't I think there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I don't think NASCAR, you know, I remember the days of got you know, guys jumping out of the car and, 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 and such so forth, but uh <clears throat> it's not as common as, as NHL, you know, but right. I think it I think it adds some spice to the yeah. to the events. I mean, you, you, know? got, you gotta reel them in to a point, but sometimes it's you gotta let it go like a hockey fight. Let it go until it gets bad enough, and then, then you know you break it up or whatever. But you still see they, fights they gotta, in the NHL, but I feel like it's kind of they curtailed back. That's watered down a lot. Yeah, they did water years. the NHL fights down. Uh, yeah. Usually they let them go for a little bit, and then the refs quick jump in and stop it. Yeah, right. Twenty seconds. Unless you know. going into it, they know that all right, there's some beef in between these game, these two teams. You know, they're like, all right, they got to let some steam off. First couple fights, let them go. Then they say, all right, you guys got to start calming down. Right. But it should be like old school and just let them go until they hit the ground. <laughs> uh, Johnny, these are these are two guys here that you probably remember their early starts in NASCAR, but Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick both stepping away from this top series. Harvick's going to race this season. Kurt Busch is done after his concussion at Pocono last year. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on what the legacy of these two guys might be stepping away? Oh, yeah. They're, what, two of the best, right? I would think. I would say. Arguably, yeah. Champions. Both champions, yeah. I think what stands out to me for Kurt and Kevin, they both came into Winston Cup in 2001, but obviously under very, very different circumstances for the two of them. Kurt was scheduled to be in Cup in 2001, and for Kevin Harvick, of course, you talk about starting your career under very, very tragic circumstances, sure. losing Dale Earnhardt. And it, I don't know of anyone that could have handled it any better than Kevin did being thrown into a legendary car and team like that, winning just his third race out at, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And, you know, eventually, I mean, driving that good wrench car, he was always going to be referred to as the guy that took over for Dale Earnhardt. And going over to Stuart Haas Racing and everything, that was really the first, first time for him to emerge from that shadow and create a legacy of his own. But I think for Kurt and for Kevin, I think their legacies are obviously 2004 champion, 2014 champion, how aggressive both of them were. And, I mean, really, they're both first ballot Hall of Famers. And it's definitely the end of an era, though, when you think of it. Kurt was the last guy to race against Dale Earnhardt. And, of course, Kevin was the one that took over his car. So it's definitely definitely the end of an era for sure. Right. I would say for Kevin, one last trip to victory lane, maybe about, maybe I'd say the Ram of 12. Yeah, Michigan, of course. Yeah, that's that's where the last win is going to come out for sure. The and the wrong, key is, <clears throat> sorry, the wrong Bush is stepping away though. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all agree on that, right? Yeah. Um, I would say the most important thing with these two guys is they both drove for prominent beer sponsors, which we could appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I saw on TV, not in person, but the most dominating performance at Pocono with Kurt Busch Me too. back in what was it, 07? 07. Yeah. The Miller Light car, being 175 laps. Beating the Budweiser car by about five seconds. Right. And, of course, Kevin was able to do what Dale Earnhardt Jr. wasn't able to, and that's win a championship for Budweiser. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you know who Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick are, right, James? Yes, I You've do. You've heard of those guys? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, I've seen even, them Even for a non-NASCAR fan, I mean, they're household names that everybody yeah. knows. Yeah, especially Kurt. Right. Yeah. Amazing. And that speaks to their ability to be more than just a NASCAR driver, the sponsorships, the you know, community work they do and all that. What so. was amazing with Kevin was how he got better with age. Right. I mean, you think of it, he won. The closer. The closer, for sure. I mean, he won 23 races with RCR, but then you go over to Stuart Haas, and he's racked up 
37 wins in that 2014 championship. I would say about 42 years old. That's usually about the like the age when the decline begins. But here was Kevin, 45 years old, winning nine races a year. Right. And with Kurt, obviously, as we've talked about, Josh, winning with nine different crew chiefs and all of the different teams and manufacturers, I think that's what's definitely going to stand out when those two are easily first ballot Hall of Famers. Right. Tim, any thoughts on Harvick and Bush? Um, Bush, is he going to be uh, in the booth still? Well, here's here's the interesting thing, Tim. If, I'd love to see that happen. Oh, me too, because he's been phenomenal when he's done yeah. the truck races on he calls, Fox. He calls him, like, almost perfect. Because Kurt is very, very meticulous with mm-hmm. setting up a race car. Mm-hmm. Now, Kevin, Kevin is going to be the main analyst on Fox come 2024. I think with Kurt, I'm sure they'll have him for a few races here and there. But, Kevin started getting salty right towards the last couple of years. He was complaining, you know, I'm like, saying it's the old guy syndrome like he's past his prime it's time to get out yeah and I, I think he was just trying to push a little further than he should have so you think kevin and clint both in the booth at fox oh yeah nice. <laughs> that's gonna be sure. very very entertaining sure. but i will never forget that with kevin harvick when he walked into that press conference at rockingham february 2001 and right at the very end he said i just want to say that dale earnhardt was probably the best race car driver that there's ever been in nascar and I hope that you guys don't expect me to replace them because, quite frankly, nobody ever will. Yeah. And I think, too, the other thing is with Harvick, if he was on the fence about retiring this year, that incident at Darlington with the fire in his car certainly sped up his decision-making with that. Yeah, so with Kevin, when he was on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast two years ago, he said originally when his contract was set to expire in 2021 that that's when he planned on retiring. But Tony Stewart and Gene Haas, they talked him into two more years. They were like, you just won nine races last year. Let, let's see how much longer we could go. And he, what he did was he talked to Joe Girardi, since Kevin Harvick is a New York Yankees fan. He talked to Joe Girardi, but he mainly Ooh. talked to Mark Martin. And he said, I want to know, like, when is it time to step away? And Mark and Joe Girardi, they told him, they said, you'll know. You'll know eventually because he didn't want to make the – mistakes that like Mark Martin and Matt Kenseth made coming back a second time and a third time and you know you're running around 25th or so there at the very end you want to go out competitive and as a winner and that's what I think Kevin Harvick's going to do this year. All right last thing real quick before we move on to some football talk here way too early championship picks obviously the 2023 season starts in a few weeks at the Coliseum with the clash once again so we could just go around the table Tim I'll start with you if you want to give us a champion or top four or what do you want to do? Final four. Yeah, do a final four and final a champion. Oh, okay. I challenge you well, to give me a final let four. Let Jake go because he can, he can <laughs> talk. Go ahead and think on it. Oh, I think on it. Johnny, thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me stew this up a little bit in my head to think. Yeah, so that's why I passed it off to Jake. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> All right, Josh. Josh already has it. Go All right, so my final four is going to be Tyler Reddick, mm-hmm. William Byron, uh, Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. Truex, mm. and my champion is going to be Reddick. Yeah, really, Tyler Reddick champion. Yep. Well, 23xi, but it's Joe Gibbs equipment in 2023. I think it's gonna be a breakout year for he and Bubba. I yeah. think both of them are gonna have multi one seasons. Fix is in. Fix is in. 23xi in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel I just remembered I left Larson off, but you know what? Screw it. 
<laughs> I think Truex is always dominant, but then you know, well, he's joking anyways. Here's the thing that here's real quick, Josh. I think Martin Truex Jr. I think it's definitely going to be his final season as well. But I sort of have a feeling maybe this might be Denny Hamlin's final year too. Could be because honestly, especially with, after he got nabbed in that Kingston. See that. Yeah, that looked like a looked like a sixty five year old version of Denny Hamlin. You know, <laughs> you know who Denny Hamlin is, James? I know Denny Denny Hamlin. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't all right. Know the let me show you this quick. All right, so real quick, here's the thing though. I just feel like <laughs> with the passing of Coy Gibbs and of course J D Gibbs, that was the heir apparent yeah, when yeah. he passed away in 2019. I just feel like there's so much uncertainty with Joe Gibbs oh, racing, God, yeah. Josh. There's so much uncertainty with Joe Gibbs Racing. Like, who, who is going to take over that company when, when Joe passes away? And I almost wonder, I almost wonder, is Denny going to retire after 2023? Or could he possibly just go drive for himself? Because, you know, FedEx is going to follow him wherever he goes. But I just have a feeling with, with Truex, I would say for probably about the last two or three years, you've had that feeling that it's coming sooner or later. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, based off of my picks, I'm sure you could tell, but I think Gibbs is going to get back to their dominant ways next year, honestly, even without Kyle Busch. I definitely I think see be good. Ty getting the victory lane in the cup race at some point or another. I guess the, the big other question I have real quick is, uh, you know, Kyle Busch changing teams, going from Gibbs all these years to Childress. Do you think he makes the playoffs? Oh, yeah. I'll go as far as to say I could see Kyle almost sort of having like a Kevin Harvick, RCR 2011-2013 kind of season, winning about three or four races, and – you know, honestly, I feel like I wouldn't be shocked if he made the Final Four, Josh. I'm telling you. Yeah. I just, I really, really have a good feeling. And, of course, he's going to expose Austin Dillon when he outruns him by about 20 spots every single weekend <clears throat> when you think of it. Because but, Reddick won, what, three races in that car last yeah, year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Road America, Indy, and Texas. Yeah. And Austin only won Daytona because two-thirds of the field crashed while it was raining. <laughs> a win's a win. I'm going to say Kyle makes the playoffs, but I'll, I'm going to say round of eight he gets eliminated. Okay. One and done. One done. You think he, if he makes it? Yeah. yeah. I think he'll make it. I think he's definitely going to win some races. I'll go as far as to say I wouldn't be shocked if his first race right off the bat if he wins the Clash. Yeah, could oh, be. That's mm. true. He's always he's he's always one of the best short track drivers yeah. of all time. Always delivered there pretty well. All right, Jake. How about a final four? Okay. Well, real quick, I'm going to say Zane Smith goes back to back in trucks for Xfinity. Obviously. As a Justin Allgaier fan, I was hoping that this was going to be his year, but you know who my Xfinity pick is? No. Cole Custer. Okay. Him going back down to Xfinity, I definitely see a big, big season out of him. As far as my Final Four goes, Tyler Reddick is a part of my Final Four as well. <coughs> the two Kyles, Larson and Bush. And then the watermelon man himself, Ross Chastain. Oh, boy. I feel like he's going to go one spot better than, than last year and win this championship. Yeah. I really do. And the interesting thing is, his contract is up this year. I mean, Trackhouse is going to re-sign him. But as far as who takes over that four car in 2024, if I were Tony Stewart and Gene Haas, I'd go for Zane Smith. I think he would be a perfect replacement for Kevin Harvick. I don't think we had a chance to talk about this yet, but I think uh, Chastain's riding the wall move at Martinsville is going to go down as one of the best oh, moves in NASCAR yeah. history. Like I told you, like I told Sean, like I told so many people, that move alone... When Brad Keselowski is done, he's my next driver. Yeah. That showed me the kind of heart and desire that he has. I just love the video of <laughs> the driver, driver. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what the hell What the he hell was that? Did you see that move, James? Did you ever see that move? No, I so haven't. So they're racing at Martinsville at the, towards the end of the season last year. 
And normally at Martinsville, heading into the turns, you have to let off the gas and hit yeah, the brakes short pretty track, hard. You know it's short, yeah. So instead, Chastain knows he's got to pass X amount of cars to get into the, uh, the final four. So he rides the wall, floors it, and just guns it right into the corner. And and right up against five the wall. Cars. It shot yep. him. And right, passed right the, the Denny Hamlin car really? that he had to pass to get in the final four there. Denny Hamlin, and that's still, literally what? Few, 20, he beat him, he beat him by two points for yeah, the last to, spot in the final I'll four. Google it. Yeah, check it out. And then eventually, you'll never see anything like it. Yeah. The car video is phenomenal. It was six spots after they disqualified Brad Keselowski. Right. So real quick, Josh, I'm going to say I tempered my expectations for Brad this year. One win in the round of 16. Okay. But I talked about Kyle Busch winning the Clash. As far as my pick for the Daytona 500, it's Brad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. You Knock know. on wood, I think this is the year. You might be the most optimistic Kozlowski fan <laughs> in the world. I'm not making any predictions. I'm just going to let it ride and see what happens. Pun intended, say, after we just talked about Chastain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say, uh, I can't believe, like, no, like Logano, Final Four. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's the oddest pattern I've ever seen in my life. He's made the Final Four ever since we started this format in 2014. 2014, 2016, 2018, 2020, 2022. Did he make it the year after he won the championship? No. Uh, the no. first championship. Well, yeah, in 2019, he made it to the round of eight. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was dominating the race at Phoenix, but the car went, went to hell in a handbasket there at the end. Yeah. So final four, Tim? Uh, Logano, Hamlin, Larson. I'd love to say Brad so bad, but no, nah, there's just don't you dare. This was three or four years Chastain, ago. I have to say it's a back-to-back -back this year for Joey. For Joey, for Joey nice, know. Johnny. Final four. Um, you don't have to. If you I want. think Elliot. Oh. Um, Chastain. Bowman. Bowman. Oh, damn, I forgot about Bowman. <laughs> Hold on, can I change my life? I think you've had your skull you crushed can. a can few times, my, Johnny. We haven't had it started yet, of course. We got, we got to cut off Johnny and Sammy. You could actually change your picks till Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Bowman, Elliott, Larson, and Chastain. And nice. I think, and all Chevy Final Four? <laughs> that'd be fun. And then uh, I think maybe Chastain wins it all. Uh, just say Bowman. You know you want That'd to. be something. Bowman for Jake. Yeah, James, Bowman. you want to give a pick or no? I just like throwing darts for me, man. <laughs> That's all it is for us. I, I, could, I, could, I could easily say, like, Rusty Wallace, Kerry Garborough. Perfect. They're right my up favorite there. race car driver of all time, Harry Gant. There you um, go. The, the Skull, Skull Bandit. But I know Chase Elliott. Mm. I know he's a good driver. Yeah. And and Logano, so I would say one of those two guys. I right. Think. Dick Trickle. Uh, Harry Gant just turned 83 <laughs> the other day, and he doesn't even look a day over 50. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the football stuff here, that every, what everybody's here to see. And uh, college football will start it off. We have a new champion, which is a repeat champion. Uh, TCU defeated Michigan, and Georgia defeated OSU in the Final Four. And then Georgia destroyed TCU 65-7 to in the championship game. That was disgusting. Wasn't even uh, worth watching. No, it wasn't, I didn't honestly. Watch it. Any takeaways from the Final Four, James, if you watched any of those games? I'm not I sure. I turned it off right at halftime. It was terrible. <laughs> so did I. Um, was it like 35 to Seven, I mean, three or seven or something. Seven, yeah. It was like thirty-eight, yeah. seven and halftime. Jesus, I, TCU was definitely outmanned, and that's college football. Yeah, I mean, well, the SEC rules the the college football landscape. If yeah. they were to expand the playoffs, you could probably see maybe about three or four teams in the Final Four out of the SEC. It's yeah. unbelievable. Mm -hmm. 
2024, they're expanding to 12 teams, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I think Georgia got their best shot from Ohio State in the Final Four. That was the only team that could have beat yeah, them, no I think. Yeah, no doubt. They almost did. My favorite thing was Ohio State missing that field goal right as the clock struck midnight, and it was happy news. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I love how they sync the two videos up mm-hmm. and the yeah. ball dropping. John, any thoughts on the finals? Crazy. I was really pushing for Michigan, too, for you. Um, yeah, that's... I was not. Really? <laughs> there was a lot of bullshit calls at the end of that. Oh, God, yeah. That touchdown at the goal line, that should have been where they ruled him down at the one. That was ridiculous. Now, what about that uh, shot to the head from, I think it was TC? Oh, yeah. That was definitely targeting. I, I even they... thought, yeah. I even said yeah, but I don't, think that play, I don't think that play would have affected the outcome of the game, though. No, the pick six is The, the definite it. play that would out would affect it would have been that touchdown mm-hmm. at the goal line. Because they fumbled on the next play. Yeah, but... Which I knew people, was going to happen. I saw a lot of people on Twitter complaining about the refs on that shot to the head at the end of the game, but yeah. it wouldn't. Have, it still it was going to be a stretch. It was still going to be if he was injured. Game over. You know if what I mean? If he was injured, then <clears> the kid would have been ejected. You know, yeah. that's about called, it. But, but I still think TCU would have won. Can't have the pick sixes. That was the big thing. First right. off, mm-hmm. um, I mean, as far question. as oh, sorry. Here's another question for you, though. What do you think about uh, Harbaugh? Not I was just going to talk about that. Well, not the timeouts. Him leaving. Uh, so here we are again, another offseason with Jim Harbaugh potentially flirting with NFL jobs. At this point, I'm just like, you know what? If you're going to go, just go already. I'm sick of this year you in, year out. mind in it 100% yeah. or not at all. Like last year, he was flirting with the Vikings. It seemed like he wanted them more than they wanted him. And <laughs> yeah. it just, you know, every year it seems like he's flirting with these NFL jobs. And I'm like. Who yeah. would you like to see besides Harbaugh? If, if he if, leaves? If somebody else, oh, I'm yeah. going after Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. That's who I'm going after. He just got fired in Arizona. He's a great college coach. Yeah. That's who I want. I think that's where he belongs is in college. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was actually just saying that, too. If he does leave Michigan, I think Cliff there would be a great fit. Yeah. I mean, it will be a different team because Harbaugh's pound the rock, running the ball, and play good defense. So he'll have the air it out style that he had at Texas Tech. But mm-hmm. um, that would be my pick. I mean, unless you could lure primetime out of Colorado, that would be my <laughs> next selection. A little too late now. It is, yeah. Uh, I think, and that's the next point there, Deion Sanders coaching at Colorado. I think he's going to be Nick Saban's replacement in Alabama in a few years. Really? That's my prediction. Because Saban is 71. I mean, he doesn't doesn't sound like he's going to retire anytime soon. He coached but you have 10 to wonder. Years. Yeah. But, I mean, Deion, you know, Jackson State got on the map when he coached there for two years. And now he's Colorado has been. He could also maybe go back to Florida State. Yeah. If he that could work yeah. out. You know, that's probably his dream job. I would he, surmise, yeah. but he doesn't have to worry about a job. He'll no. always oh, get no. a job. No, I think I think he'll do well out in Colorado. Just take mm-hmm. some time to get the recruit yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The funny thing is, he talked the other day about somebody asked him about taking an NFL job, and he was like, "I don't want to coach those millionaires. I'd rather coach kids and show them the direct path in life." And I was surprised. I thought for sure he'd want an NFL job because, you know, he lived that life with the limousines and the yeah. the glamour the and all that. But well, that's the point. He already lived it. He knows how it is. Right. He doesn't want to go through that. Yeah. Because you got to go through with all the prima donnas and, you know, I don't want to do this or tweeting this, tweeting that. Right. He doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah, I hear you. And he, he's probably going to bring a lot of his players from Jackson mm-hmm. State, too, with the transfer portal now. He's able to bring a lot of his yeah. guys over. Yeah, his son kid. is one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. his kid, yeah. And then, unfortunately, it seems like every time we do this show, we have to talk about people we lost. We talked about Coy Gibbs already. Mike Leach, unfortunately, passed away this year. Mississippi State head coach, uh, legendary uh, college football coach, revitalized offenses for years. and One of the greatest sound bites of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he passed away this uh, 2022. So, unfortunately, that's uh, a loss there with college football. Huge loss. Yep. Coaching still, too. And they still played their bowl game. Yeah, the thing is, when you go back and watch their their game on Thanksgiving, he 
he looked sick. Yeah. And not even two weeks later, he was gone just like that. It sounds right. like it was a massive heart attack. Mm-hmm. How old was he? Anyway? 61. Any other thoughts on college football, guys? Boomer. Penn State had an elbow year. Yeah, but they lost to Michigan. No, I just think I think Georgia's <laughs> gonna I think Georgia may I think Georgia's again. gonna be the favorite again. I mean they Look got at the guys Stenson they lost last Bennett year. is coming mm-hmm. back again. He's I mean, thirty seven now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is he probably won't even be a good quarterback in the NFL, that's my opinion. I'm calling it now. When they make a movie about him, Mel Gibson's gonna play him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think Georgia, they have a great recruiting class, I heard, and they yeah. got a lot of guys coming back, and I can't see them losing again. Bennett's coming back. We're going back? Yeah. You know what you said? Yeah. Oh, Clifford played six years. Yeah. Why? He wants He's, to win the Natty again. He can go up to, he can go right up to the NFL. He could. Well, he'd probably be he'd like a seventh He's been in five be years, right? He'd probably be like Brock, Brock Purdy, yeah. 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 Oh, we'll get you to know, that. He's been there for NFL. five years. He's what, college five years? So, what did I see? Uh, he's 25 now. And Lamar, I think he's played. He's going to well, pull Chris yeah. Winkie. Here's yeah. Is so, he 29 or 30, Bennett? Or 26? 25. And oh, he is? that's the most mind-blowing thing that when you look at the quarterbacks as far as the AFC side of the playoffs go, I think he's older than all but Patrick Mahomes, who's 27. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the, the elder statesman in the AFC playoffs this year. What do you think, John? The Sooners get back on track soon or what? Nah, I think. Sooner the better. <laughs> I think they need to get rid of that coach, though. Already? Yeah. I oh, don't, man. I think they need to pull the plug on him because he doesn't look like he's – I don't know. It, it's hard to explain, but when you watch how he's coaching, it's like you need a, a young team like that with like – Venables, right? Yeah. And he's a defensive Sprint. guy? Yep. Yeah. How did that work out this year? Yeah, see, uh, you can't win a championship without defense. I mean, USC tried it this year. I know Caleb Williams is a great quarterback, but you got to have somewhat of a defense. Yeah, I mean Georgia's defense has been dominant for two years. Jalen Carter might be the first pick in the draft again this year. So, I mean they just keep churning out these number one picks like crazy. All right, on to the NFL, and we got to start with uh, Tim's boy Baker Mayfield yeah. because that's the first thing on the list here. He's the man. And so you know Baker Mayfield, and I listened to last year's podcast, and I said I thought he was a trash quarterback, and it turns out I'm right. Baker Mayfield <laughs> is trash. So he gets released and uh, picked up by the L.A. Rams, and James unfortunately wins his first game against the Vegas Raiders. <laughs> it was embarrassing. What'd you think about that? Well, again, I think it falls back. I got a lot of things to say about that. Game. I mean, Baker's I with the it. team for what two days? And he comes in there and wins the hours. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Raiders were winning the game the whole game. Though. How does that like, happen? The entire game. And that was the okay. game for them this year. And Derek Carr was terrible in that game. Again. That interception and right before he halftime. He threw interceptions. He's antsy with his feet. He, he just can't scramble, run for first downs. Yeah. He lost that game for the Raiders. The defense kept them in that game. And then at the end, you know, they were just spent. And that's how Mayfield led them down. Again, it was the Raiders' weak secondary, but right. I believe it was either cross between McDaniel's and Carr. And I'm not a I'm not I I know I'm not a Carr fan at all, as a longtime Raider fan. Yeah. But it was just a bad game offensively in the second half. They didn't score a point again. It to me it falls back on ultimately Carr. Right. And he played poorly. Right. That's that's what I say, and that's how Mayfield won the game. I well, think the Tim, Raiders gave him the game. He's your boy, so if you want to defend him. Oh, no, I, he's, I like Mayfield a lot because I like his attitude towards the game. I like his energy that he brings to any team that he's on. He, he, like, 
He just has this like positive energy. Yeah. He boosts the team up. I, is he a good quarterback? I believe so. Does he have bad games? Yeah, of course. Everybody has bad games. But the interesting thing to me is going to be now McVay announced he's coming back next year, which is surprising to me. <clears throat> and it sounds like they're going to be picking up the next two years on Stafford's option as well. So $62 million guaranteed over the next two years for Stafford. The question becomes, mm-hmm. is Baker going to take a backup spot with the Rams? Because yeah. you know Stafford's going to start if he's getting that kind of money. I would. Or is he playing elsewhere next year? I think he's going to be backup for now. Yeah. yeah if, if I were Baker, I would definitely want to be the backup to Matt Stafford with the Rams because, first off, we know that Matt's health has always, aside from the year they won the Super Bowl, we know that Matt's health has always sort of been in question, especially after all the injuries that he suffered this past season. And I think what's so different about – Baker being with the Rams compared to the Browns and the Panthers, it seems like Sean McVay, unlike obviously all the coaches that Baker had to go through before, it it definitely seems like Sean McVay believes in him when a a lot of other guys didn't. It seems like those two have a great relationship. So is Sean McVay going to be back too? That's what. Well, yeah, he just announced last night that he's coming back. Oh, he did announce. Yeah, he's coming back. back, Okay. You know, Johnny, where did Baker play college ball? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously he was the problem in Carolina because Sam Darnold comes in and they're a playoff contender right away. So, I mean, he was an issue. P.J. Walker, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah he, uh, you know, he wasn't great in Cleveland either. He's just, you know. Well, but I, I, think I think he's a decent quarterback, though. I do yeah. think Mayfield could it's, be somewhere. It's all know? about the right system, the right, right. the right coaching, and the right offense. Yeah. yeah. And he did play to Baker's strength a lot, mm-hmm. especially during that Raiders game, so. It would have been interesting to see how good he could have done with the Rams if Cooper Cup was healthy. Oh, yeah. That would have been interesting to see because he missed a lot of the season. But, I mean, the Rams were, you know, what is the worst record of a defending Super Bowl champion? Yeah, 5-12. and 12. <laughs> So, we'll see what happens next year. But, yeah, I think Baker's move is to be Stafford's backup. Yeah, because Stafford could be he's hurt a lot. minute. I'm honestly shocked that he's coming back in the first place. Right. I mean, with concussions, back-to-back concussions and a neck injury as well. And, of course, with how out – outspoken Matt's wife has been and everything. I was honestly shocked when he announced that he was coming back. Yeah. And I think for McVeigh, once he leaves, you're going to probably lose Stafford and Aaron Donald too. So back to reality for the Rams who haven't had a first-round draft pick in years and are in cap hell now with these guys. The last time that they had a first-round pick was 2016, the year before Sean McVeigh got there. When they took Jalen Ramsey, so they nailed it. Yeah. Well, Well, Jalen Ramsey was actually drafted by Jacksonville. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Was in that's what, and then they traded the, that loudmouth to the Rams. Oh, 2016, they took Goff. That's right. <laughs> yeah, which honestly, as critical as you've been with Jared Goff, I felt like this was his best year. Oh yeah, honestly, no doubt. Not and, good enough. <laughs> I think the Lions are going to be an up and coming team though next. Oh yeah, year. I love. I watching think they them. keep Goff. They have two number one draft picks this year. Obviously, from the Rams with yep. the Stafford trade. And I just think they got a good running game. Their offensive line is really good. I love Dan Campbell. Um, I love they his... got good wide receivers. I yeah. think they're up, they just build mm-hmm. their defense up. Their linebackers and secondary. I think they're going to be right in that mix. They didn't lose that Carolina game. They would have been in. Yeah. Nailed the Aiden Hutchinson pick too. Oh yeah, he played as, as yeah. He's good defensive I mean, rookie in my mind. Yeah, definitely. Three picks, bunch of sacks. Where do you play? Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, unfortunately, with the Mike Leach stuff that we talked about in Coy Gibbs, we lost Franco Harris uh, recently, too, as well. Obviously, part of the one of the most famous plays in NFL history, Mike, with the immaculate reception. The immaculate 
Do you think it hit Deception. the ground? Did it hit the ground? <laughs> Did it hit the ground? Uh, I was not <laughs> old enough to quite remember that. But Did that hit the ground? I wonder if replay would have overturned that. It Probably. Back in the day, would have been an illegal play. But right. the refs, were hands were tied at that time. Yeah. The fans stormed the field. Um, and, you know, what are they going to do back then? There was no replay in 1972. Right. So, I mean, what are they going to do? You know, yeah. so they just called the game. That That's, wasn't a catch, then Brian didn't catch it. But again, Steelers fans <laughs> That's a whole other can of worms. So what can I say? <laughs> well, we got a couple here. I was, we'll, have to, we'll have to do a whole segment of just that catch. <laughs> I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked because... Pri- catch? No, no, about no, Franco dying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was definitely a legend. He's a legend. Because yeah. he, the guy was a Penn legend. Penn State and yeah. Pittsburgh. Up until, so up until September when Art Rooney had the press conference to announce that Franco's 32 was going to be retired on Christmas Eve against the Raiders. There had only been two numbers in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers that were retired. Ernie Stotner, number 70, their first ever Hall of Famer, and of course, Mean Joe Green. And it was a Wednesday morning. It was about 6.30 in the morning or so, and our buddy Rich Kaminsky texted me, and he said, rest in peace, Franco. And I'm like, what? Hmm. Like, I honestly couldn't, couldn't believe it. And, and as soon as the news broke out, like, I was, well, you I was shocked. Just completely shocked. I don't know. You get Rich to text you, but you don't text me? <laughs> You're my whole thing to get the streamline. You're my yeah. main line to, to sports. It but, was a very it was very shocking, though, you know, because that game was coming up, and they were going to honor Franco. And Franco yeah. was at halftime. Was he? 72. What was he? 72 years old. And it just was eerie, how, actually, was, how, how, he, how he died. It right? was eerie because you know? just hours before that, on Tuesday, he was doing interviews with local TV in Pittsburgh. He was on Cam Hayward's podcast, and he, he looked great. Yeah. And the eerie thing was when he was on that podcast, he said, he's like, I, he's like, I feel great, and I, I just feel honored that, that I'm going to be there Saturday night. And, and then all of a sudden, you, you wake up Wednesday morning and hear this out of nowhere. And one of my favorite Raiders of all time, Phil Villapiano, yes. I loved how he and Franco, how they would always rag each other about, about the, the Immaculate play, Reception. Yeah. And Phil, I follow him on Twitter because he, he's a riot. And Phil said that he, he got a phone call Wednesday morning from his one daughter because he was supposed to fly into Pittsburgh later that day. And Franco was going to meet him at the airport right by the statue. And he, he was just floored. So boggles my mind that he has this detail. It was, <laughs> it's safe to say that, that Christmas Eve, the game on Christmas Eve, it was very, very bittersweet. I mean, I was. Yeah. Well, that was another you know, game. Uh, I know it was all about Franco that game because they had. I think they had some guys from the 72 team there at halftime. Me and Joe, yeah. You know, I did watch that. You know, brought back, you know, memories of the 70s. And then, uh, but again, that was the game where Derek Carr, again, threw three interceptions. <laughs> His last pass as a Raider. Again. Yeah. So, I mean, it just goes back to my dislike for Derek Carr. So, that's oh, all I have to say to on that, that point. People have bad games. <laughs> I want to call Kyle Williams right now. <laughs> Sometimes you don't recover from them. Everybody has bad games. So, unfortunately, the end of the football season always has, you know, Black Monday, Black Monday where coaches are getting fired. Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, we saw this one coming, fifth coach in NFL history to be fired before the end of his first season. Cliff Kingsbury, Lovey Smith also fired. I wouldn't say any of those come as a big surprise, although I will say this is two years in a row now. The Texans have given a coach one year yeah. to prove himself. And they thought Lovey Smith did an okay job. I mean, they hung with Dallas. They took Kansas City to overtime. Towards the end of the year, yeah. but 
I think he kind of knew he wasn't the long-term no. solution there. So back to the drawing board for those teams. Again, nothing definitive on coaches. I know the Broncos are going to interview Harbaugh and Dan Quinn and Sean Payton yeah. and all these guys. But So the thing with Nathaniel Hackett, Josh, this all stemmed from the fact that they couldn't land Aaron Rodgers. That, that's what I've heard from so many credible sources. Because Nathaniel Hackett, he was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay under Matt LaFleur, and of course the... See, I M- call bullshit on that. They yeah. got a they got a, a Pro Bowl quarterback in Russell Wilson. So if you're but, an offensive genius, yeah. then make it work. Yeah. But you wonder, like, really w- with Russell, like, what the hell is going on with him? I don't know, I mean, but was, I'm not... was he injured, or, is it, or was he just damaged goods? I'm not firing because, Hackett just because he didn't think hire... Russell oh. has it. I don't know. I just... I just think he's Russell looks terrible. I, I said out. last year going into that season, that roster is not ready to win now. Russell Wilson aside, you've got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. I mean, what are those guys? They're not run-of-the-mill receivers that we see in the Pro Bowl year after year. And losing They're not, Javante they Williams, Williams halfway through the yeah, season. Yeah, that was a huge yeah. loss. They, yeah, traded, he, they he traded away Chubb, their best okay, pass rusher. couldn't even... I don't even know what he was averaging yards per carry. That Javante Williams, I, I had him he was on my doing fantasy well. team, and I he was a PPR machine, honestly. Was but, he really? Yeah. He was that first good. couple of games. I, he was, yeah. But Jake, I mean, what was his average yardage? You know, think <laughs> about their defense <laughs> last year. <laughs> what days he get his hair? They had a solid like defense. Two point three or something average yeah. yards. They had a solid he, defense last year, and this is without Von Miller and Brad Chubb, who they had on the opposite ends just a few years ago. Patrick Sertan is a nice up and coming piece at corner. I mean, they have they have some pieces on the defensive side of the ball, but I was looking at that offense, and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out. They don't have huge weapons, in my opinion. Right. I mean, Jerry Judy's your best receiver. Where are you going with that? And he was hurt most of the year. K.J. Hamler's a small guy from Penn State that didn't wow anybody, I don't think. So, I don't know. If, if you're firing heck because you didn't bring in Aaron Rodgers, that's bullshit, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, the whole firing was bullshit no matter what. Well, it had I to just, be done. Yeah, it had to be done. As far as Kingsbury. They missed the boat by not hiring Dan Quinn next year, last year. Yeah. So get it right and hire Dan Quinn, and maybe you'll make the playoffs. And you again. have to give up at least, I think, two first-round picks if you want Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. That's the rumor. Yeah, that's the rumor. I'm thinking with, with Jim, with Jim Harbaugh, I'm thinking it's either going to be Denver or Carolina. Honest, yeah. But honestly, Indianapolis, when you think of all the ties that he has there. Is, they need is, a quarterback too. Yeah. Although, real quick, real quick, I heard, I read yesterday that, they're not interested in Derek Carr. Who the Colts? Yeah, I mean, you figure with how disastrous it was for Matt Ryan and of course Carson Wentz, how he fell apart at the end of 2021. I heard that obviously that that pick at four that it's going to be on a quarterback. Plot twist: they're, they're interested in Jared Stidham, Mike James. <laughs> Any other coaches that haven't been fired yet that you can see not coming back next year? I mean, barring a playoff collapse. Well, obviously we'll talk about it with. Mike McCarthy later well, on. You but, know my thoughts on that. I don't think we, yeah. there's no story there. Yeah, but Cliff the Kingsbury. The guys won 12 games the last two years. We're not firing that coach. I mean, come on, let's get serious. Well, well you know my thoughts about a certain one in Pittsburgh, but anyway. No losing seasons. Oh, Zero <laughs> losing seasons. I want to crack both of you right now. I don't now. think they'll fire Tomlin. I don't think they're going to fire McCarthy. Hmm. I have a uh, trusted a former GM that I listen to every day on the Cowboys podcast. And he said the other day that the best coach in the NFL is Mike Tomlin. I'd like to know what the hell he was why. drinking. He was a GM for the Eagles and the Cowboys, and he said, "Did he, he say could, why?" Well, they they don't lose. Well, they don't know. Well, no, they, they, they well, don't make the playoffs. They, you're, you're never out of it. I mean, you might not be in it every year, but you're never. I mean, out they're of always it. in contention. Yes. Yeah, and that's all you could really ask for in the NFL. It's a league of parity. 
where the but top teams while, and bottom teams switch places so but often. But after a while, when you keep missing playoffs, missing playoffs, yeah. missing playoffs, made to playoffs, missing playoffs, missing playoffs. He's missed the playoffs. There's a famous Cinderella song from the 80s that I know Mike loves. Don't know what you got till it's gone? Whatever. That's the song I'm singing to the Steelers. He's missed the right playoffs six Mike. times. Six times. There's no Mike here. There's no Mike. Six times. Who are you bringing in? James. Well, D'Amico Ryans, Brian Flores. I'll tell you what, if, Sean, bunch of unproven if Sean McVay would have, well, at least those two have have some heart and some passion while Tomlin just stands there like, like a stone statue all the time. Yeah, but you don't know what goes on in those meetings well, Monday through Saturday. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. It amazes me talking about Pittsburgh Steelers fans in general. Not myself, but a majority of the fan base. I have never seen so many Steelers fans in my life be perfectly content with missing the playoffs. Oh, it's okay we missed the playoffs, but oh, Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. That's what matters most. So you're meaning to tell me that an organization that won six Super Bowls, that always took pride in being very dominant, being one of the top teams, that you're perfectly content with mediocrity. You're perfectly content with missing the playoffs six times under this jackass, but let's make sure that his, his stupid little streak continues. If that isn't participation trophy mentality, I don't know what the hell it is. And it's, it's disgusting. It's honestly disgusting. That's so what, all I got to say. What has to happen next year for him to get fired? Let's, let's end with that. <laughs> He's never getting fired. We know that. The Roonies have not fired a coach since 1968. What, what makes you think that it'll never happen? At I least. just don't think you're going to fully appreciate how good he is until you have somebody until else. Until he's gone. I, don't I can't wait until he's gone. And not only are you not making the playoffs, but you're going 4-13 and 13 every year because you got... So say something crazy happens next Demico, year. Right? And they, yeah. I think Pickett's a good quarterback. Oh, I, I love Kenny Pickett. That's exactly who I wanted them him. to draft. We'll have to build around him. They have, they have some yeah. solid pieces in place, and I have to disagree with Jake. If they don't make the playoffs next year, I think they're looking for a coach. That's what I think. You think can so? only hope and pray. Yeah. He should have been fired as early as I mean, 2013. If you go, if you go wow. by like the, like how... The pieces are there on both sides of the ball. They can do it. Kenny is definitely the future of that franchise. There's no doubt in my mind. Here's the second like thing, him. though. Yeah. I don't like him Can't either. Oh. You want to know why they keep him? You want to know why they're keeping him? Because he gave Dino Tomlin a freaking scholarship to Maryland four years ago. That's why they're keeping this jackass who has had a 30th place offense the, the last two years. Well, the other part of it is... Um, it's basically if you miss the playoffs next year, it's essentially three years in a row. We knew they didn't have a chance against Kansas City last year, so yeah. What they need to do is and rebuild. It, and it amazes me. That means coaching staff too. It yeah. amazes me. Tear it down and start over. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing that pisses me off is that they didn't make the playoffs. Plain and simple, they lost so many winnable games at the beginning of the year. Cleveland, the Jets, Miami. They lost so many winnable games at the beginning of the year. Well, that's the that's the mistake that Tomlin made to push, too. You're trying to push like what was, was Trubisky and Pickett at the same time. Trubisky was garbage right from just the start. Went with one and and Kenny should have started. If Kenny would have started from day one, they would have made the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I don't wouldn't. think so. I don't Mitch disagree. Trubisky was hot garbage. That he was one of the worst signings ever. He's, there's no doubt about that. He's garbage. Trubisky's been sitting behind Josh Allen for the last two years. You got to give him the benefit of the. Well, he didn't have the chance. Yeah. You got to give him the benefit of the doubt. We're not talking about the first four games. Oh, well, yeah, so so they pulled the cord on it, and Kenny Pickett turned out to be the better option. But to say they would make the playoffs no. if they started Pickett, no. I don't think so. What pisses me off is there are so many Steelers fans, as we'll talk about with all the injuries that the Miami Dolphins have, how they're like, oh, they're they're a waste of a playoff spot. We deserve to be in. You don't you don't deserve to be in. you got to freaking earn it. It's not going to be given to you. Right, yeah. The 12 teams that deserve to spot are in the playoffs. They would have been smoked <clears> by the Buffalo teams. Bills anyway, just like they were back in October, 38-3. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Miami, they 
they looked terrible that game against the Jets at the end of the season. Yeah. But I mean, they're just as good as the Steelers. They're they're the yeah. same type of team. Yeah. They, they score 13 to 17 points a game. And hopefully things work out in the fourth quarter. They beat That's them back in October, asked. and that was what made the difference in the end. And as far as Cliff Kingsbury and Levy Smith, we saw the writing on the wall before the season began with Cliff. I, you know, and I know that you were really, really high on Cliff in Arizona and everything. Mm-hmm. Lovey, I feel like, like you were saying, I feel like that's definitely bad PR on the, on the part of the Houston Texans to fire a coach two years in a row, just was, one season. He was set up to fail anyway. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely was, Johnny. And I love how a lot of people were like, you know, him winning on the last day of the season and costing them the number one pick, how that was like <laughs> the perfect FU on the way out the door. And people were joking. They were like, yeah, Lovey Smith is forever a legend in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the Cardinals, J.J. Watt's going to call it a career, apparently, three-time <laughs> defensive player of the year. Um, one of the best pass rushers of all time, I think oh, yeah. you could probably say. Um, just any quick thoughts on J.J. Watt? I mean... A very dominant pass rusher, a great humanitarian as well. I think of all the money that was raised yeah. in 2017 right, for Hurricane Harvey right. and how he rightfully was the Walter Payton Man of the Year that year. That's pretty much exactly where I was going there. And, man, I loved that video that the Cardinals put together Saturday yeah. night before his last game with TJ, TJ Derek, TJ. their parents, and you got, like, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, Payton, you know, it's like congratulations they're, on they're, such a career. They're, you know, hey, happy, happy, happy you're leaving. You know, happy you're retiring. Like Brady, but happier and leaving. Yeah, yeah please. Get like happy. Brady was saying. Like Brady was He's saying, you minute. were a pain in my ass for so many <laughs> yeah. years. What a family though to have three guys great. in the NFL. Yeah, how about be those parents? Yeah. You know, you see the the brothers sometimes, like two brothers great playing teams. in a in a, in a, yeah. in a professional yeah. sport, but to have all three of your sons playing in the NFL yeah. is just mind boggling. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it, too, is, um, you know, first belt Hall of Famer, obviously, Easily. for sure. I'm not sure he's done yet, though. I think as the offseason wears on, I think there's a chance he might play again. Well, what did, did, he, did he have a yeah. reason why he was retiring? Well, it was abrupt. JJ. It was awfully abrupt. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. no warning signs or anything. Because so he's still in great shape. He's not. He hasn't had any serious injuries, right? He had that for, heart condition that came up. Yeah, you're that was in the middle really, of the season. You're going to have right. a new head coach in Houston. Don't be surprised if he plays one more year for the Texans. That's what I'm saying. Going back to where it all all began. Yep. And well, Coach Tech Talk in Pittsburgh was saying, uh, Texan, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Coach Tech Talk in Pittsburgh was saying yeah. he's yeah. like, uh, if uh, JJ uh, would have came back, uh, we were gonna shell at him uh, forty million dollars, uh, and had all three uh, Watts uh, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, Although that would have been cool to have all three of them. In it Pittsburgh. would. But the Steelers are too cheap. They wouldn't have had the money for him. All right, James, it's your turn to shine here. We got Derek Carr getting benched, saying goodbye to the Raiders. You already said you hate the guy. I don't Paul hate Kyle him, right now. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a good quarterback. I'm not, you know, but he's just not. Well, they're all good quarterbacks. Is, is, the, is the replacement on the roster or are we drafting good if you're in the NFL, bottom line. Is the replacement on the roster or are we drafting somebody? I thought Stidham played pretty well in those first two mm-hmm. games. Especially no, game. I think Stidham yeah. was brought in with McDaniels. Patriot and I guy. think, uh, you know, Carr deserved to get benched, though. But I didn't like how he played it out at the end of the year. Right. Ste- I'll step away from the team. Yeah. Um, I think he was a crybaby about it. Yeah. Claim you, you don't uh, want to be a distraction. That's. I think that he should have been there yeah. at the end of the season. I mean, yeah. he played crappy. The bottom line is he played crappy the whole second half of games. He played shitty. And he, mm-hmm. he wasn't good. Yeah. He just wasn't good. 
And to elaborate on your point, James, because honestly, over the years, I I thought, you know, Derek Carr as a quarterback and as a person. You know, I, I mean, as a person, He's I was... a great person. Yeah. I, but the way that he handled getting benched was very, very childish, in my opinion. Yes. Because as much he shit took his as... ball and went home. Yeah. As much shit as I've given Mitch Trubisky, when he finally got the benching that he deserved, he handled it like a champion. He supported Kenny the yeah, whole like way. Yeah, professional. Yeah. He knew and, what he was there for. Yeah. Yeah. And now, Derek, on the other hand, when, oh, I'm not going to come to the last two games, I don't want to be a distraction, that was so childish childish and so immature on his part and it made honestly it made me lose a lot of respect for him right then and there because he was leading the league in interceptions with 14 right and like you talked about like a good friend i was gonna say who's doing that now yeah well yeah but like you talked about and like Mm -hmm. um kyle williams talked about when there was a regression when it's your ninth year in the national football league and you're making rookie mistakes like the steelers game and, I mean, really how ironic that his final pass as a Raider was an interception. That sort of summed up his time yeah. there because Some people 2016. If you look at that out. last pass, too, mm-hmm. I watched it several times over and over. And uh, Renfro was right down the middle. Yeah. He threw it to the right side of him. Renfro probably would have caught that and ran for a touchdown or at least got down in the <clears> field goal range. Where he threw it on the other side of his shoulder, left side. He was completely inaccurate with it. James, I'm getting and so angry hearing you say this because you know what? You had an all-pro receiver with Devontae Adams you brought in. You had Josh Jacobs having an all-time career season. Right. Rushing champion. Chandler Jones, who was a Pro Bowl pass rusher. Old Crosby. And yet, here we are sitting home for the playoffs. I don't get it. Let's not forget Max you, Crosby. You, you might be right. It, it is Derek Carr. He's the weak yeah. link. Well, How do you feel about Tom Brady coming Waller, in for a year? Waller and Renfro were hurt yeah, most he of was. the year. Right, yep. They did have Devontae, and in the beginning, Carr was focusing a lot on him. Yeah. And uh, they had Mac Hollins as the other wide receiver. Yep. But uh, Carr really just, in, in the second half of games, where they were beating Kansas City by 17 and uh, before halftime, they, were still, they had so many double-digit leads, and they just, Carr blew it. Like they just that Cardinal game couldn't make plays tremendously. He, he, Twenty to nothing. Throw picks or you know just doesn't scramble out of the pocket to you know for first downs. It's just he's gonna be a Jet next year. That's what I think. Or Saint, I think could be a Saint. Car. Well, maybe. I'm saying Jets. I think so, good. so I talked to Kyle Williams and he said that he said really the first time that he started really doubting Derek Carr. I think it was either it was the last year in Oakland. And I think it was either against the Texans or the Titans. I forget which one it was. And it was a fourth and goal. And Derek Carr is scrambling around, and he's wide open. He could run it into himself, and he threw the ball away. Mm-hmm. He said right then and there, that's like when he really, really lost any faith that he had in Derek Carr. My thing with Derek Carr was that amazing year in 2016 with Jack Del Rio when they went 12-4. Yeah, 12 before and four. he broke his leg. Exactly. <clears throat> First off, why the hell did you keep him in the game when you're up 33-7? to seven? <laughs> To me, from that point on, Derek Carr has definitely been a shell of himself. Right. He's been afraid to take those hits. He's been afraid to make the big throw down the field. And like I was saying against the Steelers game, Kenny Pickett's a rookie. He's a nine-year veteran, and Kenny's the one that looks like a nine-year veteran out there at the very end of the game. Not everybody can play like Tom Brady that is just, like, immaculate every year. We're going to have tons of quarterbacks, tons of – Defensive end, whatever. I think we could it's at like, least all, right, all agree that he's had a better career than his brother so far. Oh, though. David, oh, David, Carr, down, yeah. David Carr is straight up trash. And that's the other thing that I didn't like about it. I didn't like how David Carr 
went on NFL Network and was like, oh, yeah. oh, my brother, you know, he, you know, the Raiders, you know, he w- he was so true to them. He was so loyal to them. And he definitely deserves better. And he's he deserves to be in, in a better place in 2023. And the funny thing with David Carr, when he rambles on NFL Network, how they have a Super Bowl champion next to his name, and he didn't even play a single snap in 2011 for the Giants. Right. Well, going back <laughs> to his goal line mistakes a few years ago against Dallas on Sunday night, the infamous index card game. <laughs> yeah. Going in for the game-clinching score, and he fumbles the ball to the, the back of the end zone. Game, so. yeah. Yeah. Gene Starrett Star- yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But any, I just want to say here, Carr... <clears throat> now, here's the thing with Carr with the Raiders. He controls his destiny because his contract no trade clause. has a no trade clause. So essentially he'll have to release him. Yeah, he has to agree to the trade. And if the Raiders trade car, he's due thirty two point nine million dollars guaranteed. That the Raiders would have base to pay salary. Guaranteed. That the Raiders yeah. would have to pay. Wow. But if the Raiders cut him, the Raiders will save thirty three million. Oh, I'm cutting him. If they oh, if they absolutely. release, that's an easy decision. No dumb. So I think what's going to happen is Carr is probably not going to agree to go to the Jets or Saints or I think he's done Buccaneers or whatever. <laughs> and then I think well, that's the thing that he'll wait, and then some team he he's definitely not done. I, if, I disagree. You yeah. think? No, I think some team Call me absolutely crazy, pick him up. But I the Jets are ready to win. Jets really Jets like him. Ready to win since the the reason they didn't make the playoffs was losing Brees Hall. He was having a great rookie season. Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson had a great rookie season at receiver. They just couldn't get the quarterback position right. I don't care, Mike White, Garrett uh, Wilson, whoever. They just couldn't get the quarterback right. And I think Derek Carr changes scenery, perhaps. I mean, that New York media is going to eat him alive oh, for yeah. sure. But and that's the thing with Derek ready. Carr. I I don't feel like he's thick skinned enough. I honestly New York, don't. No. No. And I mean, I didn't. He's even been think through a lot with the Raiders, though. You go back to the Gruden stuff and Henry Ruggs incident. Henry Ruggs, yeah. Just think how explosive they'd be with him in there. True. True. But yeah, I, yeah. did they make a push for Tom Brady? Do you think? Who the Raiders? Yeah, with the McDaniel's That's connection. That's the rumors. Uh, Mc- would you Brady. want that for a year, like a stop? I think it'd be. I think it would be a good idea to pick Brady up. Yeah, if he it wants to play. It'd be Super Bowl or bust. I mean, that's because what I think yeah, that's he, the he'd be a good yeah. stopgap for Stidham. Like if they keep Stidham, they have the to guy. re-sign Stidham anyway because he's a free agent too. How would Stetson Bennett look in silver and black? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all, all over right. him. I read it. Now it's CJ Stroud. Now the Raiders have the seventh pick, so who knows? There you go. That's who Kyle was saying that. He hopes they draft seventh overall, C.J. Stroud. From 49ers State. right down the road might have some guys that are willing to trade, do you? Yeah, Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo, G's my pick. He'll be available Jimmy for Jimmy G's my, my prediction. I think Jimmy he's your G. starter week one next year. Jimmy G could go to the Raiders, absolutely. Injury prone, though. you got to worry about yeah. that. Yeah. When I talked to when I talked to Kyle the other day, he said, he said, honestly, Kyle said, honestly, he sees Aaron and Devontae reuniting in Vegas. That's just him. That would be my That would be my Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers yeah. is Rodgers Rodgers going to play. This time, in Green Bay, this time in Green Bay is definitely Aaron Rodgers is Rodgers retiring. Rodgers is due $60 million. Wait, let's bring in our NFC He's North retired. expert here, Johnny Glow. <laughs> Johnny's due $60 million. Where, what, What's your Aaron Rodgers story? Is he done? or? I hope. <laughs> we all hope. We all hope he's done. He's not going. He's re- Unless he's, he's playing done, for our team. He's retiring. He said so, on NFL Network he's not going today anywhere. that he would walk away from $60 million. He was also probably high on ayahuasca. I think he was. Yeah. What was <laughs> What's his name? I don't think he will walk away from $60 million. Aaron Hiawaska Rogers. <laughs> so, when I talked, so when I talked to Kyle, he said, honestly, initially, 
initially he was thinking before the, the Todd Downing firing that Derek Carr was going to be a Tennessee Titan, but I doubt he, that's going to happen he now. He could go to Tennessee too, yeah. Or he could reunite with Jack Del Rio in Washington. Yeah. I don't know. There, I think there's a lot of teams that Carr yeah. would go to. Oh, yeah. You guys well, ready? Hmm. Everybody go upstairs and disconnect your DirecTV receivers and throw them right in the garbage <laughs> because the Sunday ticket is headed wow. to YouTube next year. No more NFL Sunday ticket on DirecTV. An almost 20-year relationship is in the garbage now. We've got the streaming service taking over the Sunday ticket next year. There's rumors that there may be, and we're not sure yet, but it was a multi-billion dollar deal, so get ready. Um, there's rumors circulating that these games could be available on a pay-per-view type of basis, so we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, that would be interesting if you could buy a certain game. I mean, I wouldn't want, mind doing that, yeah. And not buy a whole package. Yeah. I think they'd make so much more money yeah. doing that. Absolutely. Mike, you want the Raiders-Titans game? All right, three ninety nine, and you got it. Boom. So I think it's the way to go. Honestly. I, yeah. I'm a big streaming fan. It's I, just I have it is Hulu now. myself. I got rid of DirecTV. Yeah, Kelly and I have Hulu as well. Yeah. three ninety nine for a game, ten ninety nine per week for the Red Zone channel. I think you'd make it count. I actually was Deal. looking into YouTube uh, TV. You didn't have to now. Yeah, you well, YouTube, I looked it up. It's... Uh, for live TV, YouTube, and um, it's like ten dollars less. It's like yeah. sixty-five dollars for YouTube. Now it might go up with the NFL ticket now, right? But you Hulu is seventy-four ninety-nine for live TV. Okay. And, and get Hulu. the I get Hulu. I believe I get it free from my phone provider. Oh, do you? Yeah. I uh, I, I got the Sunday I pay, ticket for free the last yeah, two years because they called and complained. Really but I think they sense a max ex, a mass exodus coming because they get calls almost daily from DirecTV, Ooh, DirecTV. trying to be mm -hmm. HBO, Showtime, all this. They and so tell them to well, give you the stuff for free. They for, well, for they probably year. have it in their notes that I called and said over the summer. Uh, you know, I'm only with you guys because I have the Sunday ticket. Mm -hmm. So now they're trying to keep me, and it's not going to happen. We're like, oh my god. Well, they're going Josh streaming too now. Directly. They are. Yeah. They're streaming too now. Yeah. And also, when you consider this area, how they haven't had Channel 22, they haven't had CBS since like the middle of October. Right. And like my parents, they missed out on like well over half of the Steelers games this year. So yeah, it sounds like the they're pretty much done with DirecTV. <clears throat> so, you, so you said Derek Carr is going to be a Jet? That's my prediction. What about you guys? <laughs> I think he's done. I think he's going to the Saints back with Dennis Allen. Mm. That's <laughs> good possibility. Four games together in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, Tony Sperano, God rest his soul, I felt like he, he did it as, as good of a job as he did. When he took over for Dennis Allen, you right. know, I mean, when when they beat Kansas City he in that did. Thursday night game, John and Glow, your thoughts? <coughs> It'd be Tennessee. Tennessee. Seems like so you agree with good. Kyle, huh? Yeah, I think that'd be. A good he needs spot. to go to where it's a good, a good solid defense. Well, Tennessee has definitely yeah, got one. Yeah. It's just, it's just their offense was just so injury riddled this year, and I think Ryan Tannehill, I think his time is definitely done in Tennessee. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think yeah, he's the weak link there. Tannehill's done. Right. Um. So this next bullet point is uh, comes with great news, obviously. But you know, a few weeks ago on Monday Night Football with Demar Hamlin in, in Cincinnati, scene wasn't looking too good there. As you know, players surrounded him, medical personnel was out, apparently giving him CPR for nine minutes, and uh, turns out he had a cardiac arrest incident on the field, of course. And luckily, he's home recovering now. But uh, you know, that was as frightening as a scene as you'll ever see on a football field. Luckily, something we don't see very often, but. That was a pretty traumatic incident that we saw there in Cincinnati on Monday night. Very traumatic. I'll even, I'm not even ashamed to admit it. I was actually crying that night. Yeah. Because ju just with the uncertainty of it, and you look at a guy like Demar Hamlin, 24 years old. Mm -hmm. 24 years old, and of course, what I loved about is 
I mean, as, as dark as things were as this was happening, the GoFundMe, the GoFundMe yeah, that he wild. had for the, the toy drive in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And the goal was $2,500. And then before you knew it, by the end of the week, it was like up to $8 million. Right. By the end of the night, it was up to, what, $2 million, $3 million. Yeah, somewhere around there. That's wild. It was just incredible. Yeah, yeah that was cool. And it, I just, it was just incredible to see the unity of Buffalo and Cincinnati. How Joe Burrow, how he, well, think, he got the whole team together and said, "Let's go over to the locker room and check on them." If you got the whole, if you got the entire NFL on that field, they're all reacting the same way because they're all. It's like a little, you know, brotherhood. It's yeah, all the same. Right. Deion Dawkins, their offensive lineman, he <clears> said, <throat> "He said we're not athletes. He said we're vulnerable, vulnerable humans," and that's so true. And well, thank God I, they decided not to resume that game because you had yeah, Joe Buck reporting rumors about five minutes till start, and I'm like, yeah, Wait, five minutes. Well, well, that's, was, uh, yeah, that's well, protocol. And that's nobody protocol. knows where that that report came from because uh, Troy Vincent's denying it from the NFLPA. Goodell's denying it, so Goodell's always been. I don't I know. Believe, there's no way they were going to go back. Out you could. You can no, tell no, the, the body language on the players. Yeah, they didn't yeah there's want no to go way out there. You know. I want to say that would be like a protocol thing. Like if there's an injury or something where someone's uh, ambulanced out, obviously not that serious i just assume that there's always something in place that they said okay you yeah know, we're you, you warm up five minutes and we'll get back to it not th- just okay that's in play right now let's assess what's going on here when they figure out what's going on here like all right you let them talk to each other and let them figure it out because this is a little more serious than we thought you know you just have to have you know the protocol in in place just to keep everything moving yeah and it's one so thing if a guy gets stretchered off for a neck or a head injury <laughs> right. but you but really he's have not a guy breathing, dying if he's on not the field. moving yeah he's getting cpr in the middle of the field for nine minutes yeah. it's a little different thankfully unprecedented yeah. but did you how about, see how about uh skip bayless's oh that piece, oh. that's seen out piece of shit <laughs> Boy, oh, did text, you see did shannon sharp did he even show up for, uh, for the no who else didn't show the next day somebody else didn't show up skip bayless was just eating skip's always been a scene all day on that tweet I saw it. With, I saw it that night. Well, I here's like, the thing. To my wife, I was like, "Did you see what Skip?" I know. Like, Shannon. Once she goes, "Who's Skip?" I was like, "Shannon oh Sharp." <laughs> Shannon Sharp. Obviously, the NFL is a brotherhood, and Shannon, in some way, said that what happened on that Monday night. He said it sort of brought him back to his brother Sterling and how Sterling had a neck injury yeah, that obviously did. cut his career short. And he said that he remembered when he was on the phone with Sterling and when he was at his doctor's appointment, he said, I'm done. He's like, oh, you're done with your appointment? He said, no, I'm done playing football because they said if I take one more hit, I'll probably be paralyzed forever. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I think that 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 tweet, it definitely struck a nerve with with Shannon, understandably so, because I'm sure it probably took him right back to those moments with with his brother. Yeah. I mean, nerve or Um, not, you don't say that. No. Regardless of I know. who you are, we'll skip you don't Bayless. Say that. Right. We'll skip, skip Bayless. Bayless is the but same. But if you read it, if you if you if you're able to read that, you know, when you first scroll through Twitter and you read that, how you read that that first time, try to I, I did it when I saw it. I tried to read it again in a different like context. I'm like, all right, maybe maybe he paused here, or maybe his <clears throat> voice was a little different. Here. He was, I was I was trying to give him a benefit of doubt a little bit, but I said, there's no way you can get at, around that. Yeah, at that moment. At that moment, the resumption of the game and the playoff implications, that's that's the last thing that should be on anyone's mind at that moment. Right. But in his defense, he did at the end of the tweet say, you know, the game is, the game is secondary the game. to the game. The game is irrelevant. I think he was words. trying to save his ass on that one. Exactly. But yeah, I think so too. It was in the same tweet, though. Well, I mean, at, at the end, I think he was trying to save his ass. Because like, it, sounds, it sounds how it sounds. But he then says, you know, yeah. well, at the end, which I get it. Everybody's but, human. Yeah. 
The initial the initial reaction there is Yeah, I'm not gonna kill the guy. How about you stop how about you know, give it a breather, let's see what happens to this guy first. Don't just say game's gotta go on. Game's gotta go on. There's a reason why there's a reason why I listen to the Average Joe's podcast instead of Skip and Shannon and all this <laughs> well, other why is that? national well, nonsense because I don't care what these guys say. I'm gonna well, formulate my here. own opinions, I'm gonna gather my own data and I'm not gonna tweet something <clears throat> stupid in the heat of the moment. So well, I, I feel like what they say. Skip and Shannon. Skip and Shannon. I feel like I feel like the end is definitely near for those two. I mean, you could definitely sense the the tension when Shannon oh, Shannon got oh, back on the air there. on Wednesday. I don't even watch it. And Chris, when you chime in, I watch it. Yeah. And the bottom line is that you young guys don't are not are not invincible. Right. That goes exactly. to show you, 24 years old. Right. That just because you're 24 years old doesn't mean that you're going to be that you can just do anything out there. I mean, you're not invincible. Well, here, you have to keep that in mind. Right. The thing, the, the thing with this one was, yes, he's twenty-four. Initially, when Laura had told me about it, I was actually upstairs putting our son to bed. She said uh, the game's postponed. Yeah. I'm like, good, I can come downstairs and watch it because I wanted to watch that game. You don't know circumstances. No, and then she said, well, and she told me the whole thing. About yeah. It. Holy wow. crap! So I put it on Hulu quick, and I was watching. I I replayed it, and I was like. In a moment, because you ever do something like that, you see, you, you know that something's happening. Then you re, yeah. then you like rewind Channel it, too. and like it you know, you rewind it too far, and you're sitting there waiting, and you see this guy, and he's just like walking yeah. around, like doing nothing. And you're like, man, you're about to like. The well, he just like ran back. into him. T. Higgins ran yeah. into him. It was like, such the standing up, like like you told me, it was like the just, perfect storm. Yeah, he was hit in the chest the second. What are the chances? His heart was like, and it knocked it out of rhythm or whatever. At first, I thought it was from the. You know how like uh, that Aaron Hernandez thing where it was like the, what's it called, Turidol? The the shot they gave him? Painkiller? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was something like, you know, got hit and it was something with that going on. But... COVID vaccine? You guys don't remember. The other thing, I wasn't going to go political. You guys don't remember. <laughs> Can't rule it out. Do you remember, do you all remember the Hank Gathers incident when he I, fell over on the basketball court? I, I've heard about oh, it. Yeah. He, had, yeah. he suffered a cardiac that. arrest on mm-hmm. the basketball court yeah. for Loyola Marymount University. Now, did he have like a heart condition Same thing happened. He just was running down the court. How old was he at that time? He was college. Oh, okay, okay. So, so he, young. So yeah, he thankfully. just fell over on the court. And he died on the court. Thankfully, oh, and I, that, that, that incident, this oh, incident made me think of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, thankfully for DeMar Hamlin, when they ran all the tests okay. on him at the trauma center in Cincinnati and then in Buffalo, they said, thankfully, they didn't find any pre-existing conditions. It was just the, the collision itself. And that's the other thing, talking about T. Higgins, you know, you, everyone praying for DeMar, praying for DeMar, but also at the same time for, for T, because that definitely shook him up. It's At and, that point, you got to make sure you, you can't take that personally. No. That wasn't a personal hit. That was a fair hit. That was, it was completely illegal hit. And yeah. I think the, the mentality you shouldn't of... shouldn't have no regrets. No, not at all. I, have, I haven't been this scared for a player on a football field. And James, you'll, you'll remember these two incidences. But Chris Spielman, when he played for the Lions in the 90s, broke his neck on the football field, mm-hmm. got stretchered off. And this was before all these protocols and all that. And then Dennis Bird from the Jets was yeah. another one. Friendly fire with his own teammate collided, broke his right. neck. Right, yeah, I remember that. Paralyzed from the waist down. And Mike Utley, too, from the Lions. Utley, yeah. Uh, he... The only one that paralyzed. I remember, right? Brian Shea's there. That's the only one, one that I remember initially. As soon as I, came, as soon as I saw the re- well, it wasn't a replay; it was live. Damn. But as soon as I saw it, I saw Daytona. Oh yeah. And I saw yeah. Ryan uh, Newman's Newman. car crash. Well, like, yeah, it's just we're talking, well in my case, yeah. <clears throat> well in my case, obviously not just Ryan Newman, but of course 2001 with Dale. And the mentality of the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. So the week after Dale Earnhardt's fatal crash at Daytona, Mm -hmm. 
they went to Rockingham. And the very first lap of the race, the very first lap of the race, Dale Jr. was going down in a turn three, and I think it was I think it was Robbie Gordon checked up, Dale Jr. checked up, and Ron Hornaday didn't, and he got in the back of Jr. And the way that Jr. hit the wall was eerily, eerily similar to the week before. Right. Now, my point is, they brought the car back to the garage. He, Tony Uri Sr., Steve Mill, they, they looked over the car. And, you know, usually you'd be cutting everything off of the, the front of the car and trying to get back out there as soon as you can. But they all sort of looked at each other and they were like, you know what, like the, the week that we've had, it's probably best just to put it on the truck and go home. And I feel like in some ways, I feel like Buffalo and Cincinnati, it was sort of like, look, we got to make sure that DeMar is going to emerge from this. The Obviously, the game was secondary at that right. point. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, thankfully, he's doing all right. He's home recovering now. So, doubt he'll ever play football again. But thankfully, he's on the road to recovery. So, real quick, Josh, here's what I'm hoping for tomorrow at Buffalo. Picture. Picture if DeMar Hamlin comes out of that tunnel tomorrow with the Buffalo Bills. Or if I were Sean McDermott, you know what I would do tomorrow? I would send him out there for that coin toss. Wow. That place would absolutely erupt, without a doubt. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with that. Did you guys hear about Peyton Hillis, too? Yeah. Oh, man, that's, yeah. yeah. He's off the ventilator, too, thankfully. Thank God. Saved his kids Saved from drowning, Saved two kids though. from drowning. His own kids. kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the 23 uh, Hall of Fame finalists have been announced here. Um, a lot of these guys we all saw play <clears throat> most most recently, in fact. Um I know for me personally, the two, DeMarcus Ware and Darren Woodson, are, are close to my heart. Darren Woodson, I think, was a very underrated piece of those 90, 90s Dallas Cowboy championship teams. And a lot of people forget that he played linebacker at Arizona State and then got converted to safety when the Cowboys drafted him. But uh, he's a great guy, even better player. And, um, you know, Jerry Jones finally put him in the ring of honor, of course. But him and DeMarcus Ware, the, the all-time leader in team sacks, is uh, – you know, he didn't get in on the first ballot last year, but for me, those are the two that stand out. I don't know about you guys there, but. DeMarcus Ware, definitely for me, Josh. Yeah. I was shocked last year when he didn't get in. He's right. definitely there. John and Glow's favorite, Jared Allen. Of course. That's another one that I would <laughs> the Rhinestone Cowboy. I definitely think Jared Allen is definitely worthwhile Hall of Fame, yeah. But you know, who, well. you know who I really <clears throat> want to see get in? Someone that I really, really enjoyed watching over the years? Devin Hester. Yeah. It's honestly hard to take anybody off this no. list and say, it's, you know it's what, a tough should, list. It is a tough list. I mean, well, even you guys. I like, yeah, I, I like. Uh, definitely, I like. Also, uh, Freeney. I think Freeney was a great player. Oh yeah, Dwight Freeney. I mean, at this point, let some of these guys that have been retired for decades get in already. I mean, like Darren Woodson hasn't played in twenty years. Um, Albert Lewis hasn't played in almost thirty. Tory Holt's been out of the league for like give those guys precedence and get them in already because it's then also the senior candidates you have Chuck Halley the only MVP of a Super Bowl from a losing team right. Super Bowl five against the Colts and you look at Don Coryell and you look at how innovative that offense was as well I mean I'm shocked that it, that it's taken this long and the unfortunate so. part with Chuck Halley is he's in his 80s he's got mm -hmm. dementia now so he doesn't get to enjoy this Don process Coryell who's passed that away a number of years Chuck ago. Halley from the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. There's three people on this list that I absolutely love watching play. Obviously, Jared Allen, uh, but uh, Patrick Willis as well. Yeah, he was just always so dominant. And uh, 
Joe Thomas, mm-hmm. arguably one of the best left tackles in the game that I've watched. Joe Thomas, and how up until his last year he had played every single snap for the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the unfortunate. You don't thing. get that. And that's the unfortunate exactly. thing for him, of course, that he never made the playoffs. And you know what the sad part is? Like a guy like Patrick Willis, if you're not a diehard football fan, you look at that and say, "Oh, he only played seven years. How good could he, he have been?" He was dominant. Seven. He was the best linebacker Dom. in the he league was. for those seven he years. He was. He was. So I mean, he definitely. I don't know if right away, but he definitely yeah. deserves the Hall of Fame. And I mean, all these guys, they're all. I mean, they quite honestly could, but I, I don't see like Reggie Wayne making it. I don't think the, Albert the, Lewis will. Maybe you know. I remember him when I was. I mean, he was there a long time, but I do remember him. <laughs> the one guy that I look at on this list, honestly, and say I don't, I'm not sure, is Andre Johnson. Because to me, the biggest memory that comes to mind with him is fighting with Cortland Finnegan when he played for yeah, the Texans. Yeah, Sean Rosansky. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't think Andre <laughs> yeah. Johnson. Yeah, Sean Rosansky's like, oh, Cortland Finnegan won that fight. Cortland Finnegan got his ass whipped in yeah. that fight. <laughs> good, good receiver for sure. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but Hall of Fame. No, no. no. Kind of feel fame. that way about Torrey Holt also. Like I kind of feel Isaac that. Bruce was the better receiver in that Rams offense. Agreed. I don't think no, Devin Hester is either Hall of Fame either. Though, really, I mean, for the kick return, essentially just yeah, punt returning, but you know, the the issue becomes like if you're gonna put Devin Hester in, do we put Dante Hall in the Hall of Fame too? I mean, he was a great returner for the Chiefs, there's a lot of great returners. I mean, I just don't think that's a Dion didn't make it on his return ability, but that was obviously elite too. So, what about Rondé Barber? I was just gonna say. I just love that he picked six the Eagles to clinch that championship. Game <laughs> the last game of the vet. Yep. And now John Gruden was like, all right, now they can tear the shithole down. <laughs> and it is a shithole, too. I was there. I was there in 97. I don't think Zach Thomas is a Hall of Famer either. I don't think Zach Thomas is a Hall of Famer linebacker. No. Yeah. Philly in general is just a shithole. <laughs> I know. I think the funny thing that comes out of Philly is cheesesteaks. The funny thing is needs to be – I remember who, who somebody was talking about this on Deion series. Sanders. Yep. The Hall of Fame, you need to be like, when you say somebody's name, it needs you to be like, iconic. automatic. This yeah. guy's definitely Hall of Famer. Yep. Like, these other guys that played 10 years, even if they played 10 years, might not be Hall of Famers. You know, that's the way I, I, I look at it, too. I love, I love uh, the stories of the late, great John Madden talking about the bus talking to each other when the doors are closed. Yeah, and yeah and they, they, they and shut the lights, the lights off. off. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine the conversations oh. that go on there? All right, so just real quick then, if you had to pick five guys from this list to be in the Hall of Fame this year, who would you go with? Jared it's tough. Allen. That's, that's way too tough for me. Hmm. I'm taking Darren Woodson. I have to. He's my guy. Five guys? Five guys. Uh, Jared Allen, Rondé Barber, uh, Freeney, Joe Thomas, and Patrick Willis. Okay. And Darren Woodson, too. I mean, I really didn't watch him play too much, but... yeah. Like I said, he was a very underrated piece of that Cowboys defense in the 90s. But like he had said, though, about like names that just stick out as soon as you... Yep. Yeah, that, sh- that up, should be so. your... That's how you, that's how you pick. Like a household name. And then, Mate, I'm not going to lie. Woodson is probably the only guy I, I can recognize under. Well, uh, well, Devin Hester I can recognize, too. But In the 90s and early 2000s, to me, there was two real elite safeties in the league, if you talk about him and Brian Dawkins. I mean, they were yeah. one and one A as far as... Oh, he, no. He's already oh, in. I was gonna, but, I was gonna say, well, I know him. Yeah, Darren Woodson. I, I appreciate the hell out of him. So for me, I'd I'd go I'd go to Woodson. I'd go Demarcus Ware. No bias aside, but I mean, you're the all-time Cowboys leader in sacks. You got to be in the Hall of Fame. Now, Jay, correct me players. if I'm wrong. Sorry to cut you, you off. Good. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is Paul Amalu in? Yeah, he was the first ballot in 2021. 2021. Okay, yeah. I thought so. All right. Um. I'm going Darrell Rivas, man. Rivas mm. Island was a real thing back yeah, in the day. He was, was shutting receivers down left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Allen I'll put in there. 
And I'm going to go Devin Hester. Mm. Uh, what he did for the return game is just yeah. un- unprecedented. It, it I think. almost sort of rivaled the records that Dion had set. Yeah. Now, here's a question I have when anyone else gives their uh, finalists as well. Does a Super Bowl really matter in regards to being in the Hall of Fame? Well, it didn't matter for Dan Marino or Franz Harkin. I don't I don't think it that didn't matter for Jim Plunkett. I think there's or Jim Kelly. Yeah. If if Eli Manning he doesn't have a Super Plunkett. Bowl ring, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Who? Eli Manning. If he doesn't have one. If he doesn't have a Super Bowl, I, I don't agree. Think he's Hall of Famer. Yeah. So in cases like that, I think it matters. I still don't think Eli's Hall of Fame because really? Plunkett won two Super Bowls and he's not in. Wow. Is he still alive? And his yeah yeah, and his numbers were a hell of a lot more consistent than Eli's. Yeah, Eli was inconsistent. Here's, here's the weird thing with Eli Manning. So you got the two Super Bowl championships, the puker, two thousand and seven, two thousand and seven and twenty eleven. So the four playoff wins in two thousand seven, four in twenty eleven. Those are his only playoff wins. Those two seasons, the two Super Bowl seasons. Other than that. Don't get me wrong, yeah. the catch that Tyree made in the first oh, Super Bowl the hell was, the catch? had nothing to do with Eli. <laughs> yeah. But the throw it. that he made in the second one Mario Manningham. to Manningham yeah. was pretty damn good. So And here's another thing too in regards to Plunkett. Who's a lot of, like if you're not a Raiders fan, who's gonna know who Plunkett is besides and that's a sad obviously thing. winning the Super Bowl? Two, right, side two Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, he was he was a he was a Heisman Trophy winner too out of Stanford. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, he was and drafted number one, draft number one overall, and you know New England and San Francisco, and everybody said that he was a bust. And you go to the Raiders, and then bam, you win two Super Bowls. Thank God Demarcus Ware got one with the Broncos in twenty fifteen. Yeah, I was just right. about to say that. I mean, just with the last name Manning, I think that's going to get you into the Hall of Fame. It could, yeah. That, I think so. You're too, right about though. that. I agree. But yeah, I think a, just because it's Manning and. Which yeah. it shouldn't, but I think it's almost like sports do that. Though. The mm-hmm. Super Bowls are almost like a tiebreaker. Like if you're not sure if this guy's a Hall of Famer or not, then the Super Bowls are like, right. okay, I guess he lies in. Yeah, I guess. Because right. right. when you have almost as many picks as you do touchdowns, that's yeah. a problem. But you also have two yeah. Super Bowl rings, so I guess. Well, it's almost kind of like Terry Bradshaw. I think Terry had, I think it was like 212 touchdowns or 209 interceptions. I mean, Christ, Joe Namath is in the Hall of Fame, and he threw Joe more Moore, interceptions yeah. and touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's got, what, four That's Super Bowl rings? Four, yeah. All right, let's get a little more current with our talk here. So Aaron Rodgers, we touched on this a little bit, but where do we think he's playing next year, or is he playing next year? Out of the North. Get him out. Get him out of the he's NFC, honestly. Well, Kyle Williams said the Raiders. <laughs> I think he's either retiring or playing with the Packers. I think, yeah. I think he's going to probably be with the Packers. I don't think he plays for um, another franchise. I think he, I'll be honest. I think, you know, he's almost they could into, trade like, him, but I think that $60 million <laughs> is just They're way too much for that. some team no. to take that. on. It's <laughs> dangling like a carrot. <laughs> As a Raider fan, I would like to see him with Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. And I think they would be instant playoff team with Jacobs because Jacobs is going to be re-signed. Or franchise. Because they can franchise tag Jacobs yeah. anyway. He's not going anywhere. Right. Devontae has a five-year contract, and so is Waller have like a three- or four-year contract. So and that's the big Those debate. guys are, so, are locked in. That's the big debate. Rodgers goes backs. there. He's right. I mean, but yep. I just don't think he's going to lead Green Bay. I think he's. I think he plays his whole career for Green mm-hmm. Bay, whether it's retire next year, play more years, whatever it is. He either retires. The cap hit's too massive for, for too them massive. to yeah. move on. He's, True. he's either retires I would, or he plays with Packers. That's it. Honestly, if I were Aaron Rodgers, to me, he just seems so chess. How old is Rodgers? He just turned 39 back in December. When's his birthday? December 2nd. Yeah. Here's my other thing, too. Like, everybody's talking about, oh, Aaron Rodgers had statistically the worst year of his career. You see who he's throwing the ball to? Two rookies in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Um, Robert Tanyan, who Aaron Rodgers probably made him as good as he is, quite honestly. 
Um, and, and, you know, uh, Sammy Watkins was there for a hot minute. Yeah. The running backs are the best part of that offense, to be honest. John right. Dillon. So, and they still almost made the playoffs. I mean, they should have made the playoffs, to be honest with you. They were winning in with Detroit, and they spoiled it. But I just think that offense is depleted of uh, legitimate weapons for them other than the run game. The offensive linemen, Bakhtiari, and all those guys are wearing down. So, the the weird thing with Aaron Rodgers over the years, when you look at Aaron Rodgers compared to Tom Brady, Tom Brady has had like so many superstar receivers and tight ends, you know, like Gronk and Edelman and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But Aaron, for a long time in his career, he's always thrived off of. I mean, really making guys, you know, like making irrelevant guys like that, you know, relevant for for that matter. The I only mean, thing with Gronk is he's never played without Tom Brady. Yeah. So is right. he that good or is there Tom was, Brady making him? There was a rumor. I Tom, I, in that aspect, I was going to hit on that as soon as he was done. I think when you brought up Chris Godwin and stuff, that's later. That's when right. the arguments happened. They were already you know, good with Jameis Winston. Yeah. It was the fact that Tom Brady is will go down as probably the greatest quarterback to ever play football. Look at the receivers he had for those mind. first couple Super Bowls. Right. Mm-hmm. David right. Givens, Deion Branch, have, David you could, have, you could have good receivers, you could have bad receivers, but I think he he was the key to make it... He he took time out of his day to get with that receiver. Hey, we're not on the same page. we got to get together off-season <clears throat> practice better. Do this, do that. So, so when I look at you, if I look at you with my left eye, you already see it from all the way over there that you need to do this or you need to do a backside post or something. And that's what the greats do. That's when what you he, see him blowing up on the sideline and smashing tablets and stuff. Yeah. I, 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 I think Tom Brady was the greatest too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, Me I always thought Joe Montana was, but Joe Montana had Jerry Rice and John Taylor. Well, believe me, I hate, I hate watching but Tom Brady. Jerry, when, when I mean, Brady for... did have some, mm-hmm. like you said, some guys that were not that. When he played know, for the Patriots, I hated, I hated watching the Patriots games, but. When you look back at it, it's like you're watching, because everybody said, oh, yeah, this guy was the greatest of all time in, during my time. Well, this guy that we watched is the greatest of all time. Hands period. down. Like yeah. magic. Without, without yeah. a doubt. <laughs> and but that's that's the weird thing about it, Timmy, is when he was with New England, I couldn't stand it. Mm-mm. I could not stand it whatsoever. But as soon as he went to Tampa and won a Super Bowl with a team that had missed the playoffs 13 years in a row, mm-hmm. Like, immediately, my – I mean, I had already respected him, but my level of respect for Tom Brady at that moment, it went through the roof. I mean, my, my, as soon as he left, to me, I, 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 I've said it on the show before, when he left and went to the Bucks, I'm like, this guy – and oh, well, then then they win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm sitting there like, this guy just left this team. He got in a, an argument with his dad, Belichick, <laughs> and said, you know what? I'm going to show you up. Calling like random teams. Hey, anybody want to win a Super Bowl this year? And he goes to the Bucks and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. The, the pieces go were already guy. there, and not me. Yeah, the, the pieces were already Wrong. there, and I think it, when you talk about Bill Belichick, Timmy, not to take anything away from what Bill has accomplished, but you hear all the talk about you know Rob Gronkowski said it in New England. Everything is is very buttoned up. Yeah, you know it's it's almost run like like a military basically. Mm-hmm. When he got down to Tampa, Bruce Arians let Tom be Tom and yeah, let Gronk be Gronk. And, yeah, and Tom had so much fun these past couple of years in Tampa. I don't think it's going to continue beyond yeah. this year, but. No. You think he's going to this year? No. I was just going to say, I don't want to give no. too much away, but uh, not Tom Brady's career, but Tampa Tom's career ends Monday. Yeah. You think so? Mm. You think he'll actually be with the Raiders then? I don't think he's with Tampa Bay. 
I don't know about He'll the Raiders. Be I, think he's gonna, I think he at least has to stay. In well, the sport, don't forget, least, Tom's divorced now too. Yeah, well, I was just about to say. I think <laughs> he's got to stay in the sport at least a couple Giselle, more years. Giselle just to justify mm-hmm. the fact that he <laughs> yeah, just got with divorced. The, with the jiu-jitsu trainer. <laughs> Here's my bold 2023-24 NFL season prediction. Tampa Tom and uh, Sean Payton take their talents to South Beach and join mm. Miami Dolphins. Well, it was being rumored right up until the lawsuit happened. Yeah, so that's my prediction there. I thought Giselle was available to date. <laughs> uh, I, I, I told, I told Swipe Laura, right on that one. <laughs> I told Laura, she, she said, oh, they got a divorce. I was like, oh, great. She's like, what? I was like, she's going to be calling me off the hook now. <laughs> All right, biggest surprises and disappointments of the NFL season so far. Start with you, Johnny. Man, Arizona. Oh, you I have really to. Thought they were you were riding really that one hard in the I beginning was. of the season. I love Kyler Murray, man. But and uh, why is that? No idea. Where do you play his college no, ball? I, no idea. <laughs> but uh, you're on that bandwagon again. That sooner bandwagon. <laughs> no, I, I just I just like Kyler Murray as a player. Um, I thought that that was a great offense that he was in. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins not being there, I think that kind of yeah. for the what was it six weeks? It's yeah, the first how, six weeks of the season. Johnny. It's amazing how one player can just—it's a team sport, but how one guy can. Yeah, be. a guy that talented for sure. Yeah. Granted, he got his best friend Hollywood in there, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, he only do so much. But Zach Ertz going down hurt him too. Yeah, hurt my fantasy team too. Yeah, same. Um, but uh, <laughs> let's not talk about fantasy. <laughs> yeah. But no, I—I I, my biggest disappointment was Arizona. I thought they were gonna go to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Who would have thought in the beginning of the year that the Seahawks would have a better record than the Cardinals? Who would have thought Gino <laughs> would do what he well, did? And in the playoffs, yeah, too. All right. That's so my real, surprise. So real quick, without a doubt, Gino Smith is my vote for comeback player of the year. I mean, everybody made yeah. so many jokes about him with yeah. the Jets and the Giants, and he was a, a backup with the Chargers. He's easily comeback player of the year. And honestly, Josh, like we've been talking about the last couple weeks, as far as coach of the year, this one is honestly truly hard to pick. Oh, because no, you could, <laughs> can you imagine? We got to give it to him. That would be such a disgrace. That would be such a disgrace to the award. In honor oh, of having yeah. no losing seasons yeah. ever, yeah. Mike Tomlin is our coach. First of the time even, ever, we're giving this award out. Even, right. even though he just to a non-playoff the, team. Even though he just missed the playoffs for the sixth time in sixteen <laughs> years, but that's none of my business. Your biggest surprise was Seattle. You said, "Yeah, it I'll has to Gino be." Smith, because in general, when you look at surprises in a good way, Seattle and the Giants. Because the Giants were a hot mess for the past five years. Yeah. And, I mean, really, Pete Carroll and Brian Dable, those are two of the top candidates right then and there for Coach of the Year. Easily. Here's why I don't think the Giants are the biggest surprise for me, because Brian Dable is just a great coach. Oh, he is. So I know there's a lot of expectations, and I think the I, biggest surprise was Saquon staying healthy. Exactly. I was just going to say, you got Daniel Jones and Saquon possibly playing themselves in the new contracts with the Giants. I think yeah. one will get franchise tag, probably Saquon. Oh, yeah. But, And then, of course, when you look at surprises in a good way, Doug Peterson with Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, for a team that won five games the past two seasons, and like we talked about so many times before, you had to worry Urban Meyer with how toxic he is, how much that was going to wreck Trevor Lawrence's confidence. <clears throat> Funny and, enough, the Jaguars were going to be my most disappointing team because in our preseason show, I picked them to be wildcard contenders. 
and they played Did in a you? crappy division, actually. But they won the division, <laughs> and they're in the playoffs. I so. have some points to bring out um, about your preseason show. I listened to it prior to my... <laughs> <laughs> well, just make sure you mention how I nailed Baker Mayfield and the Jaguars. I nailed Baker Mayfield and the Jaguars, so mark that down. somebody on this show here. Oh, man. He's looking at me, so it's probably me. No, it wasn't you, Josh. I think it was Johnny. Cardinals? He picked the Houston Texans. All right. And as soon as I was listening to that, I started cracking up and laughing. Oh, no. Then Johnny went into, like, saying how he thinks Houston's going to win five or seven games. And they won how many? Three? Three. Yeah. And I mean, I cost themselves a number one pick. I almost had it. I just was laughing at that one. I remember that. There's more. But wait, there's more. I have one other one, too. This is like the Sean Well guy. You. What did I say? predicted that the Bengals would miss the playoffs. And I disagree with that. Yeah, that was a little. Okay, but, yeah, I was wrong. But between the Houston Texans being a great team, or good team, hey, can't win them and all. Cincinnati, that's all right, what so I, I, I must have skipped to over that. that part when I was listening to it. <laughs> I'm changing, I'm, I'm, I had something for the biggest surprise. Um, I'm changing it now to uh, James not bringing up anything that I said. Oh, <laughs> yeah, what about what Tim me, said? For that I'm matter. Right you didn't think, no, you guys, I think you guys were right on, yeah. spot on. What about how Tim said the Commanders would win the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> but James, what about your biggest disappointment? Well, I have to agree. Might with be John. I have to agree with Johnny. No, no, I'm a, I'm a Seattle. I mean, um, the biggest disappointment yeah. team. Oh boy, it's probably your own team. Yeah, I was just the about biggest to say disappointment. That. I think it is the Raiders. It's gotta be. Um, I thought for sure they were making the playoffs. You know, with that offense. Yep. But the defense was suspect. Yeah. It's been but suspect everybody thought Chandler Jones was going to be more than he was. Yeah. But well, I'd say he, they're the disappointment for me. But I did win the New England game. The, Seattle's my biggest surprise team, too. Right. Geno Smith. I think I agree with Johnny there. I think Seattle, nobody would have thought they made the playoffs, you know? Nobody thought that's that the one they thing, wouldn't be on five games going into the year. The one thing we didn't mention yet is, you know, we talk about the Raiders blowing all these late leads and stuff, but they did steal one from New England. <laughs> yeah. Las that Vegas was, lateral. That was, a, uh, <laughs> that was put right in their lap for that one. I, yeah. I mean, phew. That was. I mean, uh, I couldn't believe what I was watching when that was going down. That was one of the crazy plays the Raiders always <laughs> are involved in. Yeah, they seem to always be <laughs> in the, the, the immaculate reception, the index card, the Patriots, the game, tuck roll, the, the sea of hands, holy the game. holy roller, the game. holy roller. Yeah. Oh my god, Stabler to Casper. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was goes to the post. I think yeah. another biggest disappointment I think we could all agree on is the Rams. Yeah, Josh and I were just talking about that a few weeks ago. Now the Raiders for me. Definitely biggest disappointment as far as the AFC goes because it was the the show that we did, the preview show, as far as bold predictions. I said the Raiders were going to win their first playoff game in 20 years. That's how confident I felt going into this season. Should have beat the Bengals last year. Yeah. They were close. They were close. And, like, honestly, I I didn't really expect much out of Denver going into the year. I even said it. I'm like, this is not even going to be a team with a a winning record. I just didn't see it I didn't see Denver either because I I even took my fantasy fantasy drafts. I stayed away from some Denver players. I just didn't think they were going to be that good. But the Rams are definitely a huge, huge disappointment. I mean, I didn't expect them to go back-to-back, but I figured they were at least going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I never imagined in a million years with, with how highly I think of Sean McVay. I never thought that it was going to be the, the worst team ever by a defending Super Bowl champion of 5-12. and 12. But You know what, back that, to your point about the Bengals missing the playoffs, the only thing it made me realize is that Joe Burrow is an absolute cold-blooded killer, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy just knows how to win. He's done it in college. He's doing it now. He had to get his feet wet. 
Wouldn't surprise me, and I know you chimed in on Facebook earlier about your Super Bowl pick. It wouldn't surprise me if they're back in it. Yeah, I picked because Cincinnati, of him alone. San Francisco. I mean, he's uh, the, the straw. I just think Cincinnati, you know, with with Mixon and yep. their, their their receivers, Chase and, and Higgins, and that, and I think their defense is good enough to. They beat Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they that, own to Kansas me, that's City. the team to beat. Yeah, me too. I don't think Buffalo is in the AFC. I think it's Kansas City or Cincinnati. Right. And then in the oh, NFC, uh, I don't trust Purdy, but I don't know what the health of uh, Jalen Hurts is. Yeah, the thing is, they brought him back for the game against the Giants, but you could definitely see the rust. I think he had, I believe it was one or two turnovers in that game. He didn't really throw for much either. Obviously, with, with how bad Dallas was getting blown out, they pulled him out of the game because – they had home field locked up. And like you were talking about with, with Brock Purdy, you don't know what to expect. But at the same time, the San Francisco 49ers, they're the last true old-school team out right. there that they want to pound the rock instead of throwing the ball. Yeah, McCaffrey. And I was watching, I think it was Kay Adams was, was saying, you can make the argument that that was probably one of the best in-season trades in NFL history because – the knock on Christian McCaffrey when he was with Carolina was he, he could never stay healthy. He, you know, he would get drafted first overall in so many fantasy leagues, and then by week three or four, he was on injured reserve just like that. And you're thinking with him going to a team like San Francisco that has been riddled with injuries the whole time that Kyle Shanahan has been there, you're thinking, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like he'll, he'll pull his hamstring by, like, the right. first quarter yeah. on Sunday. And I think I have the, the numbers here with me to, to back it up how great of a trade this was. Yeah, they're undefeated since he's been there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10-0. He's had 114 scrimmage yards per game, 50 receptions, and 11 total touchdowns. I mean, it's incredible. And honestly, I mean, I know we're waiting for Josh to get back, but as far as my vote for Coach of the Year, it's Kyle Shanahan. It's Kyle Shanahan when you consider, and I know you're, you're like, yeah, but when you consider – Trey Lance went down the second week of the season. You know, I mean, everybody was expecting so much out of him. Jimmy goes down, and you're having to rely on your – Debo team. went down, too. Debo, they, they missed him for a couple weeks. And, of course, Kittle, you know, he's always had, had some, you know, some issues as far as staying healthy or not. I mean, really, when you consider – I mean, they have like two-thirds of the roster injured. Yeah. I, have, I have to give it to Kyle Shanahan. I just have to. Which, yeah, which I like Pete Carroll. Yeah, for because, too, because Pete, Pete caught so much shit from so many people when they traded away Russell Wilson. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, Russell made – but it makes you wonder, did he really make Russell Wilson look that good? Well, here's you my know? question about Coach of the Year. It's a regular season award, but are the votes already in? Are the ballots cast? I don't know. Because if not, it's going to be hard to exclude what the Seahawks do today. Like if they beat the 49ers, so yeah, give Pete Carroll the award right now. Yeah. But if the ballots are already in, then he probably still wins it. In my I opinion. have I have a funny feeling. Just off of everything I, I'm hearing and reading and everything, I, I think it's going to be Brian Dable in the end. But as far as my vote, I was just telling them it's Kyle Shanahan. I don't think Dable has enough wins to get it. Yeah, I mean, they were 9-7-1. and one. Yeah, I don't see it. In fact, I thought Washington was a better team, and the move to Wentz just killed their season. Oh, yeah. And it makes you wonder. You were talking about, I mean, here we are. It's January 14th. And there's always still a possibility of coaches getting fired. Jason Boone and I were talking about it the other night. How does Ron Rivera still have a job? Yeah. And I respect the hell out of Ron Not Rivera. Not knowing that they were alive and referred to playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that, and like you were saying, you know, Taylor Heineke, 
that seemed to provide a spark when they had to go to him when Carson Wentz was hurt again. Yeah. And they went off on, on their roll, but right there at the end of the year, I mean, obviously tying against the Giants, losing to the Giants, getting killed by the 49ers, and you rely on Carson Wentz for a must-win game. Yeah. I don't think they got rid of Ron Rivera yet because they didn't want any more highlight or the spotlight on that organization with Dan Snyder. Selling the team and all. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And they might be waiting for that. They might be waiting until Rivera sells the team to... uh, Or Snyder, I mean. Or, yeah, Yeah. Snyder. Jake's always here to correct me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Biggest disappointment for me is going to be... I mean, there's a lot to pick from, but I'm going with Tennessee. I mean... Like I said earlier, I think Ryan Tannehill's holding him back. I don't know if Malik Willis is the answer. He's a rookie, so I'm giving him more time. You have somebody like Derrick Henry that... Yeah. I'm not rushing a judgment on Malik Willis yet. He's a rookie. I mean, Mm. Kenny Pickett struggled this year, too, so we have to remember that. I think Tannehill took that team for where they were at and made them better. But it's kind of like how I was explaining how Mike Zimmer did that with Minnesota. Yeah. When they were in shambles, especially defensively, and then when he came there, brought some juice to the team, and then... His time was done. Kind of like how you think Tomlin's time is done. Yeah. I don't, but to say what Josh was saying, though, in regards to you don't know what you got till it's gone, I would rather have him and maybe get more people around him offensively and defensively and keep working with Pickett. And they should have fired Matt Canada. How many touchdowns did Deontay Johnson have this year? Zero. Zero. And, he's, and he's acting like and he's He's the number one wide receiver. The thing with Tennessee is you had one of the best receivers in the league and you traded him. For what? He wasn't yeah. a problem. He was producing on the field. You get rid of him and you go from being a playoff contender, possibly a number one seed, to nothing. And, and the thing is, Josh, when you go back to that night, draft night, and you saw when Mike Vrabel, when he got up from the table and he got up from the table and he sort of went like. And then they fired the GM. Yeah. So it, to me, it sounded like it sounded like that was more of a John Robinson move he wasn't than a Mike Vrabel move. He was not on board you know? with that. And, how could you be? And then how ironic, just two days after A.J. Brown torches the Tennessee Titans, then they fire John Robinson. Unbelievable. But, yeah, when I talked to Sean Rosansky about it, he said it was long, long overdue. Yeah. And I, I love Mike Vrabel. Honestly, Mike Vrabel is my favorite coach in the NFL, but they definitely need to make a lot of changes offensively. And they made a step in the right direction getting rid of Todd Downing. Right. As far as my biggest surprise goes, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I guess, Seattle. I mean, <laughs> like I said earlier, if you would have told me they'd have more wins in Arizona this year and make the playoffs, I would have said you're crazy. I didn't see that coming. I don't think any of us did. Everybody. Geno Smith, the quarterback we know from the Jets, they're going to lead the Seahawks to the playoffs. Are you kidding me? But they nailed the draft pick with Kenneth Walker. He looks like a stud. Yeah. DK Metcalf and Lockett are still doing their thing. Pete Carroll's a great coach. We know that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they – I mean, the 49ers beat him twice already. It's hard to beat a team three times. Mm-hmm. It's division it rival. The weather's and, looking yeah. bad. I was so. just about to say <clears> that. It's like monsoon conditions out in Santa Clara. Could be an equalizer. Run the ball. Yeah, you don't know. Okay. Kenneth Walker could have a big game. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on that before we pick these games? Well, if I can touch on that surprise oh, yeah. disappointment. But I'm not going to do a disappointment because I'm not, I don't have anything for that. But two surprises, one being a team, one being a player. Team Jaguars, I think. Surprise? Yeah. The other one is a player, Brock Purdy. Oh, mm. Mr. Rowe. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Just how – yeah, well, I mean – like you, you were saying before, like Jake was saying before, how you know you go to two to your quarterback starter backup gone. Now you go to this guy, who everyone during the game is probably like, well, you know, let's go start the car, let's get out of here. And he, he performed very well. I mean, 
probably more than anybody's ever expected of that particular yeah. a, a third stringer. Well, it goes to show you what a great job Lynch and Shanahan have done right. to put a great right. team together. So then, around. This is the third quarterback they've tried this year, and it's still working. Mm-hmm. Culture. And, which would bring me to Coach of the Year of Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can not go with him. Any fantasy disappointments? I lost. Lamar Jackson for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lamar Jackson screwed my whole season up. I started friggin' Huntley. I'd like to call him another name right now, but I can't. <laughs> I'll tell you off air what I call yeah. him. My fantasy team, I had uh, Lamar, <sighs> but then somehow I picked up Geno on the waivers. Like mm. I had him and dropped him. And I mm. picked him up, and uh, when Lamar went out, I had Geno, so... I ended up finishing 12 and 4. I made the playoffs, but I lost in the first. Oh, I had a bye. That's the worst. But I, I lost in the first round. But uh, were the highest scoring team? Third. I had the second highest scoring team. Wow. Yeah, so, I had Eckler. And you probably played a lot worse team in your first playoff. Yeah, it was game. a 14 team league, too. <sighs> so it's hard. Damn, so wow. who killed you? Probably uh, Mike Evans hurt me when he went on that. I had Evans. My receivers were uh, this wasn't the Tyreek Hill off against and Carolina, Evans. and that was a little. Tyreek Hill had good weeks. Yeah. Evans would have bad, and then. Well, I think not having Tua was what killed Tyreek. Yeah, that hurt me. But uh, Eckler and um, then I had Tyler Lockett too, so I would plug in Lockett for Evans. You know, I always played Hill. Lockett's solid. Yeah, he's a solid flex. I but actually. I'd say Lamar was disappointing. Yeah. Johnny took uh, Jonathan Taylor in our one league first overall, and I'm honestly coming around to the theory <laughs> that I, I might not take a running back ever again in the first round. I mean, these guys are just kill year after year. It seems like they kill you. <laughs> I think the way to go anymore in fantasy is probably draft receiver, yeah, or quarterback number one. Just think if you had like well, if you could get Jefferson Mahomes. and Adams, your first two picks, right? And then you took like I don't know. Stevenson later on or Cooper, Cooper Cup was my yeah. first pick, yeah. and look at so, what happened. Uh, if you had Jefferson, and then on the snake around, you come back Lamb. down, you take Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Look at those two guys in your fantasy right. team. You know what's crazy? When I had the first pick, I was back and forth between Taylor and Eckler. Oh, and I kept saying to myself, dude. I was like, I think I'm going to take Eckler, but I was like, I'm going to get a bunch of shit But you take it. Eckler next year, and he'll be torn ACL week yep, two or yep. something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it's just... To go back talking about Brock Purdy, though, him playing how he's been playing since he came in reminds me of when Case Keenum came in. Mm-hmm. To play when Sam Bradford got hurt. Five Back years ago today, man. Yeah, can you believe that? Five years ago already. I'm Minnesota Miracle. Five years I was let down, and I'll be let down again this year. <laughs> <laughs> Any other fantasy disappointments? I, Kyler I don't know what to do next year. I might just scrap my whole strategy and start over. Draft a kicker. Yeah. yeah. We don't even have kickers. I'll take one anyway. <laughs> I think running back is, is not going to be the... It's a dying position. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be why the I'm top saying seven picks of the draft. You I guys don't. might be better off franchising Jacob, seeing what he could do, make him do it again, and then pay him. Well, if they franchise him, uh, it's $10 million. I'd pay that. Yeah. For an elite running back, I'd yeah. pay $10 million for one year. So they would lose, like, they're, I think they were going to give him, like, 12 So they, if they franchise him, they pay 10 So what? Dallas is play, paying Zeke $15 million a year. He's not even the best running back on the team. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Could be worse. Yeah. All right, let's pick these games before they kick off and wrap this thing up. Uh, first game to kick off here in about a half hour is going to be Seahawks-Niners on Fox at 4.30 today. Um, I don't think this game is as easy as you think to pick because Pete Carroll's a legendary coach, I dare to say, between well, his USC days. Right, yeah. <laughs> that was stupid. 
Could have been a two-time Super Bowl champion. Back-to-back for that matter. Anybody picking the Seahawks? Anybody bold enough to pick Seattle? I'll take Seattle. Really? I'll take them. For outright win? Yeah. Yeah. What's the spread on that? It's got to be at least uh, seven. Nine and a half. Right now, nine, nine and a half. half. Yeah. They must have changed it. I don't know. With those conditions, I could see Seattle covering for sure. I like the oh, nine and a half with Seattle. Yeah, I do too. It's a monsoon there. They said the wind's blowing like crazy. Robbie Gold's one of the most consistent kickers you'll ever see, and he might be missing field goals. Plus, you don't know how Purdy will play. He's going to look Purdy. He may not be too Purdy. He'll be Purdy, but I don't know about on the field. And that's my big concern with the Niners is an undraft, uh, basically an undrafted quarterback starting his first playoff game. Right. I mean, it's one thing if you got Garoppolo out there. He's been a Super Bowl. You know, he played with New England and all these other things, Trey Lance, whatever. But this guy's never taken a playoff snap. That concerns me if I'm San Fran. Plus, you got to think of this, too. Uh, Jared Stidham put up 34 points against that 49. Exactly. 365 yards. Exactly. That's a good point. And, you know, I think, honestly, what saved San Fran's season was that trade for McCaffrey. That was yeah, a steal. Yeah. Well, while you were gone, we were talking about, I was watching Kay Adams' show, and she made the argument it could be one of the best in-season trades in NFL history because mm-hmm. I was just rattling it off a little while ago. So they're 10-0 since they acquired him. 116 scrimmage yards per game, 50 receptions, and 11 total touchdowns. And like I was telling them before, that was always the knock on Christian McCaffrey when he was in Carolina. He'd be on injury reserve by like week three or four. Yeah. And you, you figure going to an injury riddled team like that, is he going to be able to hold up? And It's crazy to sit here and think that San Fran's going out there with a third-string quarterback and they're probably the team to beat in the NFC. Crazy. And also, I, I agree though. It's crazy. The Shanahan's and McCaffrey's, they go all the way back to when Kyle's dad was the coach in Denver and Christian's dad was, was one of the receivers on the team when right. they went back to back. Easy so. Ed McCaffrey. Remember him, Mike? Yeah. James? Oh, yeah. I remember. I think San Fran will win this game, but I think it'll be, it's not going to be like a blowout. Yeah, San Fran by three is what I say. Game. San yeah. Fran by three? Yeah. I think their defense will come to, will rise to the occasion and, and win the game for them. Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year in my mind. Oh, easily, yeah. Up until a few weeks ago when Micah decided to disappear. Yeah, yeah so San Fran. And then uh, Chargers-Jaguars is in the nightcap on NBC at 8.15. Mm-hmm. That should be a good one. This yeah. is a hard one to pick, honestly. It is a hard yeah. one to pick because when these two played each other back on September 25th, Jacksonville won 38-10. But what a lot of people forget about was – the week before the Thursday night game, when it was Chargers at Chiefs, that's when Justin Herbert got his ribs busted up, and you could you could tell that he was definitely playing and yeah. pain and uh, playing in pain, and obviously that made a huge difference in them getting their asses kicked. But I think the biggest thing that I worry about, Josh, with the Chargers is, you know, Kyle and I were talking about earlier this week, Brandon Staley is one of the most boneheaded coaches in the National Football what League. What were you doing with Mike Williams and exactly. Keenan Allen out there? And now you don't have Mike Williams. His back is he's broke. Out. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, not, not only is he not playing today, he's not going to play next week if he wins. So. Stephen A. Smith said, honestly, you really, really have to question the job security of Brandon Staley if they lose tonight. Yeah. You honestly have to. That team is too talented. They had nothing to play for last week. Yeah. They're, they're going to be the starters. fifth seed no yeah. matter Your what. Your franchise quarterback is out there taking he's hits. He's got like a cervical fracture or something. He's Mike done Williams. for the year. He's out. So the Jaguars are an up and coming team. I mean, Doug I Peterson Jags has turned around this like game that. They're they're getting two. Um, Jags are getting two. Yeah, they'll cover. I think they're going to win it outright. I just think NTN's playing well. And yep. I think you know all that money the Jags spent in the offseason, looking like a, a you know sheriff and Kirk and all those guys they brought in. And I think their coach is Peterson is 
playoff Super Bowl ready. Champ. He's mm-hmm. yeah, he's he a is. Super Bowl coach. I mean, he, I just think he's going to out coach Staley. I agree. Easily. Anybody he's, picking the Chargers? No. It's crazy. Chris, are you picking? Who are you picking? <laughs> I have no picks on this one. The Jags. <laughs> Everybody's taking the Jags. I'm saying 27-24 Jags. I think it's going to end up with a Herbert interception too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing too. I mean, that defensive line the Jags have. They got some first round picks there. With Josh Allen. He's a the other Josh Allen. <laughs> he's a good pass rusher. Yeah, he is. All right. Tomorrow, Sunday, 1 p.m. on CBS. The only game Nance and Romo are going to call this weekend. Dolphins, God. Bills. Can't believe they got that one. <laughs> and that line has jumped from like 12 and a half all the way to 14. Mm-hmm. Easiest game to pick of the so, weekend in yeah, life. Everybody's opinion. obviously in Vegas is taking the Bills. Right, yeah. So we're picking Dolphins, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not only is Tua out, but Raheem Mostert's not playing either. And he's Teddy Bridgewater might not be able to play back. either. So they already yeah. said they're starting Skyler Skyler. Thompson starting. Buffalo. Buffalo. I say Buffalo, Buffalo I say blowout game. 37-10. I'm going Buffalo. Sounds about right. All right, Johnny, here we go. Watch the Dolphins actually win that game. <laughs> You're right. No freaking way. And that's why I, I think, mean, you know, Sean Payton and Tom Brady next year, they're heading to the South Miami Beach. Miami Miracle. And that's another, <laughs> and that's another thing that, that we need to talk about is we do not. the uncertainty of Tua. Because yeah. that's three concussions in not good. three months. Not good at all. And then honestly – it's easy for me to say not being an NFL quarterback, but I would think about retiring at this I point if I was him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't. You see these guys all the time. They retire two, three years later. They're committing suicide. They're depressed. They're all this. And it's all from that head trauma. He's had three concussions in one season. I don't know if I'd keep going. I know you love football and you're young and all that, but, man. Your life is more important than the game itself. Yeah, man. you're going to live a life longer than your football career. So think about that. I think this is easier said than done, too, because I'm not a quarterback as well, but you need to learn how to fall better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if you have someone coming at you, get rid of the ball. And here's the thing. He's played through, too. He was back out there after two concussions this year. The, doll, the first game against Buffalo, and then four days later against Cincinnati. Yeah, through three picks against Green Bay that he doesn't even recall. On Christmas. I mean. Yeah. And then later on in the week when he and Mike McDaniel, when they were going through they were reviewing the film of the Green Bay game, and Mike was asking him about this pass that he threw and that pass that he threw, and he was like, what? Yeah. Like, he couldn't even remember any of them. And I don't honestly know that you could appreciate how debilitating concussion can be until you actually have one. Like, to lose consciousness and, like, black out on the drop of a hat like that mm-hmm. and to not remember things. Like, they're... It's not like a broken bone that you could put it through an x-ray and say, okay, you're healed. It's a brain we're talking about. Dale Earnhardt Jr. said it when all the concussions that he had suffered. I think it was the the two that he had suffered in 2012. And he said, your brain is almost like a computer. And when that computer is off, then it really affects your ability to do to do basic things for that matter. It depends how long your, your brain is off. Yeah. Well, well, going back to DeMar Hamlin, I just thought about this. Hmm. He's been playing football since he was maybe seven, eight years old. He played at the Division One level at Pittsburgh. He played, yeah. obviously, two NFL seasons. It's not Chances are he, he could He's have you know, CTE at this point already two years in. It's, it's very possible. You know what, though? Do you think he plays again? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't risk it. If I'm a doctor, I'm telling him, listen, you, you almost died on the field. You really want to put that out there All and right, risk now, that again? Be the, be the player who has dreamed his entire life. To play in the, the professional league. Right. It's tough. Yeah. I think he's going to try to play. This goes back to, I remember the Raiders drafted be a guy nice I think back, in the, too. back in the day with um, I don't think he'll get cleared. Mayock and Gruden. 
They drafted DJ Hayden. Oh, he yeah. He played at Houston, and mm-hmm. he had a heart. They I also remember drafted that. Maurice Hurst. He also had and, one. And From they, Michigan. Said, they said Hayden would never play, and he's, I think he played at least. He still might be in the league. At least in their eight years now. Maurice Hurst from Michigan was another one they drafted with a heart condition. Yeah. Yep. Their hearts in the game. So I think Hamlin's going to give it a shot. I I don't think he's going to. It's in his blood. I don't think he'll get cleared. I really don't. Well, Well, at that point, sometimes it doesn't matter if if the doctor's clear. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jordan Poyer getting his own car and driving. He might go to his his own private doctor and his doctor will give him clearance. Yeah. Say that. You know what I mean? That's how they do it. Go to a private doctor and say, oh, you're great. You're good here. Right. There's a couple things. Well, a game we've all been waiting for. 4.30 on Fox tomorrow. Come on, John. New York Giants head to... Oh, Giants, no Giants doubt. Giants plus Minneapolis play the Minnesota Vikings. Giants getting three. And we saw this game a few weeks ago. Last second field, field goal, won it for the Vikes. Christmas um, Eve. What a great present. <laughs> I love Paul Allen's call at the end of that game. <laughs> I guess we'll throw it to Johnny first and get his pulse for how he feels about this game. I don't feel too confident, to be honest. Why is that? But I'm just happy it's at home. They've had a lot of good games at home this year. It's not in prime time. that Colts game. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of people on Twitter are saying it is a primetime game, though. Well, it's a standalone. They all are standalone games. There's no... Right. But uh, it's not 8 o'clock. It's not away. Um, What's your concern here? Just the team. You're the <laughs> The night game with Cousins as quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a night game. The though, amount so. of one-score games that they've won this year is yeah, not sustainable. They were, That's insane. Yeah. So the Minnesota Vikings, 13-4, and four, their first year with Kevin O'Connell as head coach. Love them. Oh, me too. And that's the difference, and, the coach. Zimmer mm-hmm. would have lost all those games. Absolutely. Yeah. Take notes, Pittsburgh. Um, but anyway, 13-4, and four, and out of those 13 wins – 11 and 0 in one score games. Right. 11 and 0 and the two blowouts were Green Bay and Chicago. But the the interesting thing with your Vikings Johnny is those four losses, those were brutal losses right there and there. I think they were outscored what was it like 167 to 39 or something like that. It's crazy. That's the biggest thing that sort of concerns me moving forward. What concerns me? I think on the season they gave up more points than they scored. Just that, overall. Yeah. That yeah. game against the Colts, the first half, the Vikings oh were just God. terrible. I mean, the Colts jumped out, they were returning interceptions. It was 17 nothing in the first quarter. The Colts completely I couldn't believe uh, it. <laughs> The Vikings weren't even competitive in this. This is probably half. the first game I would say on the list here that we don't agree on. This is. I want to say Minnesota, but on paper they're a better team. On paper yeah. they're a better team, but they have I... the better quarterback. They have the better receiving core. Yeah. Dare to say even the they better have running. Hawkinson. I think the running backs are equal. They're probably a cancel. They have the better tight end. Yeah. Yeah, I love. Who's the Giants' Hawkinson. backup running back? Is their number two? I don't know. They still have what's his face? Starts with a G. I have no clue. Yeah, oh, they have that guy f- that they got from Miami. I wonder if Gallman's still there. Wayne Gallman. I think he might be. He might be. I think. They have another guy from the Dolphins too. I forget who it is. But I, I mean, I'm gonna go. Uh, James's pick is gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Vikings here. <clears throat> and. I'm going to go with the fact that they're just a better team. Yeah. I think Jefferson's going to step up. I think Cousins will play well. Yeah. I think they got Dalvin Cook. You know, the Giants' defense is pretty good. I just think the Vikings will win this game. I don't know how – I don't know. I would – Give us a score. Give us a score. 
Because they're only given three. What are you thinking? Like I think it's going to be like 24, 20, 27 to 17. Okay. Or 20. Matt something Breda, like that. Matt Breda, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Lapp is going with the Vikings, too, just for sentimental reasons, though. John from Plymouth. <laughs> I'm going as a James the Greek pick. Yeah. <laughs> James the Greek will pick the Vikings minus the three. I did my sentimental pick in the preseason. I picked Vikings Bills Super Bowl. That was my preseason prediction. Oh wow! But there's always the but, though. My gut tells me the Giants are going to win this game. I really think the Giants are going to beat the Vikings. Okay. The Vikings have, as we said, played so many close games. Eleven and zero. Eleven. I mean, to have just eleven close games is insane. But to win them all is crazy. Um, where if this was last year, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something just – I have a gut feeling that the Giants are going to win this game. I don't know what it is. Here's why I think. I'm going New York 30-27. Only just so I could elaborate a little bit on the Vikes right now. Their offensive line has always been their biggest woe. And Brian O'Neill's out. Is Derrishaw healthy? Derrishaw's finally healthy. Two concussions for him. Yep. He's they have – they just signed somebody from the couch. What was his name? Rance, R-A-N-C-Z. Yeah, he that. played with the uh, the Bills years ago. I'm not sure how he's going to play. Uh, uh, Bradbury's back, I think. If, if Kirk Cousins just plays how he plays and doesn't throw picks, doesn't rush the ball, he's been very accurate this year. You need the two chains, Kirk Cousins, to show up. <laughs> yeah, we need Kirko chains there. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I just think if he doesn't create many turnovers and they don't choke like they always do in big-time games, I think the Vikes will win. But Who, Who's blowing the gangle horn? John uh, Randall? I hope. I love him. <laughs> Jared Allen? All of them. Bring them all in. Just Chris Dolan? Chris yep. Carter? <laughs> bring out all the purple people eaters. Robert Smith? Bring them all in. Uh, Randy Moss, just bring them all out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think my heart says the Vikes, but like I said with you, my gut is telling me that the Giants I don't know this. what it is. I'm just, I've, I have a feeling the Giants are going to win this game. Only because I feel like Kirk's going to fold, and I don't think that this is going to be a, a game where they're not going to be able to come back from. It's either Vikes 27-23 to 23 and cover, or it's going to be like 31-17. to 17. Jake? Giants. I mean, honestly, when I look at the games that we have for this weekend, I feel like Minnesota and the Giants, I feel like they're very evenly they're very matched equal. on just about every level mm-hmm. when you consider that you have two rookie head coaches that have done phenomenal this year, in my opinion. I feel like quarterback-wise, I definitely have to give the edge to Kirk Cousins. Just, I mean, it's Daniel Jones' first playoff game. Um, running back-wise, I would say maybe, I mean, Dalvin Cook, was sort of sort of a mystery this year, Johnny. I mean, Saquon, it was healthy a miracle. For once. Yeah, it was a miracle in itself that he was able to stay healthy. Receiving core, I like Minnesota's more. I'm going to say a last-second field goal from Greg Joseph, 24-21 Minnesota. If Minnesota's going to win this game, Justin Jefferson has to take over and yes. go for 200 yards. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Here's one reason why I think the Giants could win this outright, though, is that you can't forget that Daniel Jones is a dual threat. Yeah, right. He's he probably one of the, arguably one of the better rushing quarterbacks in the league. And one of the other things that works for the Giants is they have nobody on their injury report for tomorrow. The whole team is healthy. Yeah, and they lost to Philly by a score with their backups in there. Yeah. 
I will say too, also towards the end of the year here, a guy that we had high expectations for on the draft show a few months ago, that's come on lately is Kayvon Thibodeau for the Giants. He's mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's become a really fearsome pass rusher for them. He pretty much won in the Washington game, so mm-hmm. you got to watch out for him. Well, that and the refs too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim, we all picked the Vikings Giants game. Oh yeah, Vikings. Yeah, that's that's a, to me that's an overrunner. Although I would like to go. <laughs> I picked the Giants. I think they're going to win that game. You think so? Yep. Uh, I, I don't know. If we're going with our gut, me and Vikings are my preseason pick, so I'm sticking with it. Vikings Bills, but I think it's I Tim. Think do you think season. the Vikings cover the three or no? Are they getting or they're giving? Giving three? Yeah. That's going to be even. I think. I think it's a three point game. No, it was I last think, time. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be at least seven. That's what I think. It'll be at least. I a think they cover. The best part is if, Late, yeah, if Seattle could beat San Francisco and the Giants win, they're headed to Dallas for the divisional round next week. That's what I'm looking forward to. If next, Dallas next wins. Cowboys are hosting the Giants next week. Right, wait, hold on. Is that the next conversation we're about to have? No, no. But that one's already picked. Get ready we for that one because it's a bold one. We didn't get there yet. It's a bold one. I have some things That's to say. That's the Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Mark my words. If the Cowboys don't win that game, my TV that. will not be hanging on the line. I have a comment or two. I'll be ripping it right off. I, oh. I, I have a two Sunday? or four or ten comments about yeah. the Tampa Bay game. Maybe it so does. I would like to discuss Sunday. that. Possibly a dozen. We're getting there. <laughs> Sunday when we're Dallas is getting time. blown up by Washington, <laughs> Kelly and my dad, both of them, they were like, is Josh's TV still on? fine. That was fine, but come Monday night, it might be a different story. Well, we were wondering if your TV was still intact just because of the fact that Philly punched a division home field. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime they lose, we all say the same thing. God, I wonder how Steph's doing. <laughs> I want to make sure she's okay. Probably taking the kids there. Just, yeah. What time are the kids coming to my house? Grease up the light poles. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so tomorrow night, nightcap NBC again. We got Ravens, Bengals, 8-15 on NBC. Uh, God, I hope the Bengals. Another easy I game to pick, I think. Well, yeah. Cincinnati, no the updated Vegas line on that is uh, nine and a half. Cincinnati's given nine and a half. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm not sure. About I don't cover, think that will cover. No. That's but that's we don't know who's playing quarterback for the Ravens. The they got uh, Huntley or I think either way. I think either way. I don't think Bengals are covering. Trent Dilfer. I don't think they'll cover that. You don't think? Mm-hmm. That's well, a, they beat in a playoff. To me, in a playoff game, that's that's a big spread to have. That's a big spread to. to I'm gonna go Cincinnati 27-10. I think Cincinnati will cover. I'm going to go with them 28-13, something like that. I can't see the Ravens scoring more than 13 no, points. No, that will happen there. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, too. Ooh, I, I think it's going to be pretty much all nice field goals. Um, and I think the uh, – man, I want to go Ravens, regardless of who's in there, because their defense always keeps them in it somehow. Even if it was Lamar, I'd still think I'd pick the Bengals. But, yeah, I mean, I'd be silly not to. But I think it's going to be like a 13-10 game. I mean, if Lamar's in, I think it's a higher-scoring game. Yeah. But I don't think they – I still don't well, think they beat the Bengals. Here's, here's one thing. Lamar Jackson, I'm going to go as far as to say I think he's played his last down as Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah. Could be. I, you, you talk about Tom Brady and Sean Payton in Miami. Something just tells me that I think Lamar Jackson's going to be a Miami Dolphin next year. You especially know, I think since he's be a Raven. Florida. I think franchise Justin tag for Fields. Lamar. Yeah, uh, you know, I think honestly, they franchise tag Lamar. Honestly, I think. like Boone That's and I, we were respect. talking about this. I feel like Justin Fields did as good of a job as he could with, with how crappy of a team that that surrounds him. Mm-hmm. I think Chicago would be making a big mistake if they got rid of him. That's just an interesting debate because we know Chicago is going to have that first overall pick. Do you pass on a quarterback being up that high? 
with Justin Fields already on the roster? Do you pass on a C.J. Stroud there with that number one pick? I think, yeah. I think they I trade. Will. I think they get some picks from Justin Fields, and I think they bolster that Bears offense up a little bit more. And, and it's interesting that you say that, Johnny, because when I was watching GMFB yesterday morning, they were talking about if this is it for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore – John Harbaugh and that staff, I mean, well, honestly, Greg Roman, I don't think he, he should be back next year. But John Harbaugh and that staff, they tailored that offense specifically for Lamar Jackson when they drafted him in 2018. So in a lot of ways, that pick definitely makes a lot of sense, getting another quarterback that sort of fits that same mold. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of former Ravens coaches, the guy that I think could be the wild card in that Vikings-Giants game is Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator yeah. from the Giants. He likes to blitz, and I think you get Kirk Cousins rattled early on, get him to turn the ball over. Could be a, a rough night for the I Vikes. Mean, I mean, you like you like blitzing, you know, that's that's all well and good, but as soon as they figure – because there's always a, a routine. There's always a, a one, two, three, four, one, two. There's always something. Even Giants are a little vulnerable in secondary. It, it, there's no they more will Bradbury figure it out. They have the, the greatest minds in the world to think this stuff up. You – Blitz every seven to, seven downs, whatever. Right. Well, that seventh down, we're just going to pop it over the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, you can like – as long as you can get to him beforehand, obviously, but – Yeah. I mean, you can like blitzing all you want, but you got – I guess – I don't know. I guess you got to try to figure it out and try to change If it, it was Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes or one of those guys, I would say it's a risky proposition, but, I mean, Kirk Cousins, he's he'll make mistakes if you, if you right. allow – Right. I mean, everybody will make mistakes, but he is. He's one of the more prone ones. Yeah. He's, Sorry, John. He's a, he's no, a little I, I bit. I put it. Cousins, like, Second Derek turn. Carr here and Cousins maybe here. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think Cousins could make the same that. mistake as uh, yeah, uh, Johnny's at If yeah. taking Cousins or Dak? Oh, Cousins, 100%. Right sorry. now, Dak is very sad. Yeah, just how bad he is right now. I, mean, I couldn't. I, I would probably go with Cousins. You, you saw like, that Dallas Minnesota game, right? You know who I would take over Easy. Dak right now? You, ever see <laughs> you know who I take over Dak right now? Who? You ever see the commercial with the kid who just wants to be the Dallas Cowboy uh, quarterback? Oh yeah. I'd pick him over Dak right now. Fair <laughs> point. Cousins is not a scrambler. He's kind of like Carr in the pocket, can't move. Yeah. You know, he's got to throw. The chains are passes to. <laughs> He's got to hit. Jefferson has to have a big game. I agree, and Hawkinson has to be, do his thing. So Hawkinson's been a bit of a disappointment, I think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think Hawkinson was a good pickup for them. He was, but I don't know if he like I expected him to have like that early career Kyle Rudolph type impact. And I don't know if he's had that. <clears throat> he's had some really good games. He has, yeah. He dropped a, a key pass in one of the games. I forget which one it was, but he was in the end zone. I think. Plus, they have Dalvin Cook. You know, they got a good running game. You was know, it Dallas game? He dropped a pass in the end zone. I think it was. He wasn't with them yet, I don't think, at that time. No, he was. He was. was he? Yeah. yeah, I think he dropped a pass in the end zone. Or was it that or the game against his old team? Might have been. I think it was <coughs> the Lions. Yeah. Definitely against the Lions. That's what it was. But, yeah, Cincinnati. I'm going to say Cincinnati by, honestly, at least two touchdowns. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Not to backtrack here about the Vikes game, but I think if you have Thibodeau go against Derrissaw, he's not going to really do much. But you're going to have to double him if he's not against him. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Jalen Smith's been playing surprisingly well for the Giants, too, which I hate to say, but he's a freaking reckless beast. Well, Monday on to, the, night. On to the, the main event. Yeah. 8-15, Monday night. Monday Joe night. Buck and Troy Aikman wouldn't want to have it any other way. Cowboys-Bucks <laughs> in Tampa. 
Josh's TV's on the line. My TV is. <laughs> with how yeah. cheap they are these days, my TV is definitely on the line. Uh-huh. Would you rather Joe Buck or John Madden? Joe John, John Madden. Madden. John Madden. Easily. 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 John when John Madden, Madden and Pat Summerall call in the Cowboys games, they never lost. Now I, I would can... rather have Al Michaels and John Madden. Joe Buck, to oh, me, is not as good. I can't stand Joe Buck. I've, I've said Joe Buck time and time in again. October in baseball. Joe Buck yourself. should be. <laughs> I've said time and time again. I know a lot of people... Right. A lot of people have said, you know, Pat Summerall, their favorite play-by-play guy of all time. But for me, it's Al Michaels, and that's and that's a, a point that you forgot, Josh. I normally don't. That's a point that you forgot I'd for. Al oh, Jake, I did this whole outline here, but what did I forget? <laughs> Go ahead, please tell me. <laughs> but the game tonight with the Chargers, the Chargers and the Jags, Al Michaels is back on NBC tonight. I, I was Dungy. wondering what the is lineup really? was going to be with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have a game today and tomorrow. I love Al Michaels. Josh. Yeah. Well then. How'd you forget? How that? did I forget that? Well, God of all the things. It, kid. Jeez. Well, and then, of course, tomorrow night with uh, the Bengals and the Ravens, the one announcer that I would love to punch in the throat the most with Chris Collinsworth. Oh, yeah. I can't well, stand listen, Typical Steelers fan. Here's a guy who does this. And he got his kid a job, too, now. Of course. And his and kid is just as awful as him. Just like the Sims. Really? Jason Garrett's yeah, not bad. Yeah, Collinsworth's son. Yeah. It's just like, like Phil and Chris Sims. Both of them are awful. Yep. And, gee, I wonder how, how Chris got that job. <laughs> All right, Mike, you said you got some points, so let's hear them. <laughs> For the Cowboys, Bucks. Oh, here we go. James, James, I'll go right after you. James I'm about to defend every one of these. James the Greek uh, has uh, Tampa Bay <laughs> getting two and a half. Tampa's getting two and a half. So Taking down I am points. going with my pick is going to be, I'll say it right off the bat, it's Tampa Bay. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why right now. I'm going to explain right. it. Uh, so, so, so if anybody's not... You can't see this. Josh just, is putting I, on boxing gloves now. I just hit Johnny in the carotid with my pen. He's about to take five of us out. You want Joe on us. Because I have another hole now. Brady is Brady. I think Brady's going to show up. It's Mike, they're eight game. and nine. Listen, they're games. eight and nine. Okay, now Listen. what's the record against the Buccaneers and it's Tom Brady? I don't care about that. It's in Tampa. <laughs> and nine. It's in Tampa. Brady has and it's in Tampa. Godwin and Evans. <laughs> They're getting Jensen back on the offensive line. Jensen's not playing. That's no. not what Listen, I heard. Dak's garbage. And I think that Zeke's Tampa garbage. Bay is just going to show up in this game like they did in the last week of the season. And I think Dak is going to be Dak and just blow the game. And I, I just like Tampa Bay in this game. I think their defense <sighs> is going to step up. Now, don't well, take this guys. personally. <laughs> it's all love. I'm well, guys, Tampa Bay. James, I thought we were friends. Let's not forget <laughs> that Monday night is is a win-win for Skip you. Bayless because Skip Bayless, Mr. Robot himself, Mr. Robot himself, Skip Bayless will be like, it is my quarterback, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. against my Dallas Cowboys. So Skip is going to be overjoyed either way come Tuesday morning. All right, is it my turn? Right. Not yet. Nope, you, no, you are literally have to be Let me closer. know when it's my turn because the gloves are coming off. The, the gloves closer. are coming off. <laughs> the last one. I will not be holding back any punches. I'm just going to. I got to take 100% the Buccaneers. You have to. You have to. <laughs> the 8 and 9 Buccaneers. You have yep. to. Yeah, against the 0 and 9. Write this down. 8 and 9. The 0 and 9 Bucks. Cowboys against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Well, Tom Brady. Proceed. 0 and 9 against Tom Brady. Proceed. Jake, who do you got? I don't think they have a chance. How so, Tim? How? Next. Explain. <laughs> well, I, no, I just, need to hear this. Just follow this. Just follow 0-9 against Tom Brady. 
I'm gonna. Present, I'll tell you right now. I'm gonna be like your best defense lawyer, defending Hugo Solinsky. You're presenting a good case on both sides. I got a couple be, bodies buried out back. You want to come see him? You're about to try to defend Jeffrey Dahmer. Is what you're trying to do. I'll do it. And he was guilty or from OJ, day one. Or OJ. Oh, OJ. Guess insanity. what? Insanity. Did I do it? Did I not do it? No, I did it. Bleeding insanity. You have to defend that teacher. You're gonna be OJ. Looks like Denny Hamlin. OJ's lawyer was he? He was a teacher somewhere. All right, Honestly, Jake, go ahead. Take it away. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, don't oh, no. you suck. No, finally. No. How about them Cowboys? Finally, a smart uh, guy listen, comes to speak. No, yeah, listen. Well, watch your zipper. I have not. I'll smash me, all your TVs. To me, I have not. Please don't. Hey, I'm on your side here. Am I not? <laughs> I'm poor. <laughs> I just can't afford another one. Tom Brady this year, we watch aside from. Thomas Edward Brady Patch. could suck my. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Go ahead, Jake. Oh, believe me, Skip Bayless, he'd want that in a heartbeat. Eggplant. But, <laughs> eggplant, eggplant with water. <laughs> eggplant parm for Skip. Mm. <laughs> no, I just, I feel like Tom Brady this year, I feel like Tom Brady this year has, has shown signs, signs of age. I really do. And, I mean, you can make the argument, I don't know what Southern division is worse, the NFC or the AFC. Yeah, I'm good for you. And, I mean, really, the, the Carolina game, the Carolina game with Mike Evans, that's the only good game I've seen out of Tom Brady this year. And I know that Dak has sort of been rusty lately, of course, with, with all the turnovers. But I love the, of course, I love the one-two punch that, that we've talked about this year with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. And I feel like, I feel like with the season that C.D. Lamb has had, and I feel like, of course, if Micah could get back to his old ways with Tampa's offensive line sort of being questionable this year, yeah, I'm I'm going with Dallas. I, I just feel like they're the better team. Oh, man, I'm going to say 23-17. Okay. Yeah. Were, you guys, were you guys kissing on the right here? We were. We were actually doing oh, okay. we were skiing. Hold hands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you were in the front seat, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny, let's hear it. Go ahead, just take the bucks. Oh, man. Uh, so, Bucks? No. Um, I was really thinking about this game more than the Vikes game because of just the whole Tom Brady beating the Cowboys every time. But um, All streaks are meant to be broken. I think uh, it's going to be the same thing with Minnesota. If you could protect Dak a little bit and get that running he, game going. Uh, and, he, especially, and, he, and he could not throw an interception. <laughs> yeah, really. It's going to be – I think it's going to be a running truth. game. That's truth. I'm not <clears> – <throat> I'm not trying to be ignorant. No, you're they right. gotta go heavy, Tony Pollard, this game. Have to. So I think I think the Cowboys win it. I was thinking the Buccaneers were gonna win it, um, but I think the Cowboys, arguably, granted, the wide receivers for the, the Bucks I think are better because you only have CD really. If you there, there's an argument there, CD is the best player on that team, wide receiver wise. Yes. Uh, Noah Brown, that's his name, right? Noah Brown. What if we get like 2017 Indianapolis T.Y. Hilton? He did come up once that one. He hasn't played much. Not gonna happen. <laughs> if they could play like they played on Christmas Eve, <laughs> I think uh, we're in the day they, in Minnesota. Yeah. All right. Enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think if they click like they did against the Eagles that game, I think the the Cowboys are gonna be. Tough to beat, so I would say the Cowboys, and I think they win if they get pressure. I think Micah Parsons plays a huge role in this game too. Yes, um, I agree. So I think Cowboys by probably ten. Okay. Mm. Don't get me wrong, Josh. Well, I would love to see the Cowboys beat Tom Brady, but you're gonna get your wish. As statistics show, it's very unlikely. Statistics are meant to be broken. Exactly. All right. Can I? Speak I'm now? a gambling <laughs> man, <laughs> so I'm putting money on the Bucks. True. Chris Lapp. Chris Lapp's in. He, he has his. Chris uh, Lapp. You want me to stand Mike, between you and Josh? 
My prediction is, um, for sentimental reasons, is uh, oh, the Cowboys. Oh, thank God. God. Thank God. I am. I'm, I'm Uncle Chris, so. To, Uncle Chris to, says, go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. That's Uncle, what I Uncle Chris gets nervous about his family's well-being. That's right. We, we, All right. We've got to keep the peace, so I'm going with the Cowboys. I rehearsed this in the shower earlier today. <laughs> While listening to Dame Max. Can I throw five bucks on the bucks? Sure, go ahead. For you? Go Me and you? Yeah. Okay, we'll throw five bucks on it. All right, you ready? Plus two and a half. Let Plus me start off by saying that the Dallas Cowboys have not won a road playoff game since the 1992 NFC Championship game against San Francisco at Candlestick Park. Wow. It's been 30 years. <laughs> 30 snap right now. fucking <laughs> years. <laughs> Since we, the Dallas Cowboys have won. We've literally gone the entire time in that network. And 30 Holy years. Fuck. It's been that long. And, and, and the Dallas Cowboys are always the number one talked about team. Oh, I'm and getting they haven't that. been relevant I'm since 1992. James, Dan, give them a minute. They're kind of like the Yankees. Dan Orlowski, I'm coming for oh, you, buddy. Oh, now you just struck a nerve with him. That was a, that was a shot. Like, Dan Orlowski, oh, I'm coming true. for you. Oh. Hey, can we dim the lights? All right, so. <laughs> 30 fucking years since the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a Literally playoff the game. Entire show we got three 1992. <laughs> Candlestick Park. Watched it on YouTube earlier today, in fact. How about them Cowboys? Steve Young. Was born. Was Steve Young. I like it. I love yeah, it. There we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Tom Brady's 7-0 and against the Cowboys. We get that. <laughs> Mike McCarthy is supposedly getting fired if they lose this game after back-to-back 12-win seasons, which Mike hasn't happened since the Barry Switzer days. I don't get it. Oh, the original Mike Tomlin. The original Mike Tomlin. <laughs> so here we are. Cowboys going to Tampa Bay. They've struggled on grass this year. They've really done a great job on the turf at home, 8-1. and one. But they got to go to Tampa Bay and face the great Tom Brady. Go back to week one. Cowboys lost 19-3. to three. You know what else they didn't have in that game? Dak Prescott. They didn't have Tyron Smith. They didn't have Dak Prescott for the fourth quarter. The running game wasn't firing on all cylinders. So what happens here on Monday night? Well, I'm going to tell you what happens on Monday night. Tuesday morning, we turn ESPN on, which I won't do because I hate that network. <laughs> or NFL Network, for that matter. Why Take, is that? Take your poison. Me too. Ah, they're racist. It's racist. <laughs> Jeez. Um, you're going to turn these networks on, and they're going to be saying, the headline is going to be, the NFC better watch out for the Dallas Cowboys in these next two rounds. And you know why that is? What section are they sitting in? The Cowboys are going to Tampa Bay on Monday night, and they're going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 35-17. to 17. Ooh, That's a mm. big score. 35-17 Dallas. Can you write that down? Micah Parsons is going to sack Tom Brady three times. What? Three times Micah sacks Tom He's Brady. He's going to get the Brady three times. He's going to get the – he did it twice in week one. Got him twice in week one. It's week one. Um – Dak Prescott will have an interception, and I'm thinking Antoine Winfield probably picks it up just like he did week one also. But uh, Great player. Great Cowboys, dad. 35-17. And we're going to pick the rest of these playoffs here yes. in a minute, but I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to tell you that the Cowboys are going to meet the San Francisco 49ers in the conference championship mm. game. And we're going to have ourselves a rematch from last year when things went horribly wrong at AT&T Stadium in the fourth quarter. And so I'm just going to leave it at that. Where's that game at? That would be at San Francisco. But I'm going to leave it at that for now. So the Cowboys go to Tampa Bay. They win 35-17. Mike has got three sacks. And uh, Tom Brady plays his last game for the Bucks. That's all I'm saying. He's a Dolphin next year. You want to throw five on 
I will. I'll put my money straight up. No, straight up. No, no. I've listened to the one guy that I've listened to all week was Dak, and the reason is because he's thrown an interception in seven straight games, which is just ridiculous. And every time he throws one of those picks, including the pick six against Jacksonville that lost the game, I say, "What the fuck are you doing?" That's number three. And he keeps doing it. Four. (laughs) So ultimately, uh, that's got to get cleaned up. And like I said, I think he'll throw a pick, but. I think he remembers what happened last year against San Francisco and how he made a mistake and ran too far and cost him the game. And pick will be early. I think the pick will be early. Yeah, and that's the key. That's what normally happens. Can't have those late pick early picks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I thought Klein Saucer was the key. Klein Saucer is always the key. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, they don't have what's his name. He's the middle linebacker. He's out with a neck thing, isn't he? Leighton Vanderesh. Vanderesh. That's what I forgot. Three key guys coming back this week. Leighton Vanderesh being number one. Anthony Barr, sorry, Johnny, he's washed. He's no good. Yeah. Can't have him out there. I agree. Jonathan Hankins, their big run stuffer that they got from your Raiders in the middle. He's coming good. back. He's good DT. Strain Peck, he's coming back. Yep, blocked the run. And our starting center, Tyler Biotish, is coming back as well. So. And Tampa Bay can't run the ball. So Tampa Bay cannot run. They're one of the worst running teams in the league. They are terrible rush defense. Although week one, I will say Leonard Fournette did go off for over 100 yards. but He ain't going to do it again. He's no, just, he is he's not, not going to do, do it again. It. Uh, as Johnny mentioned, Tony Pollard is key. I think he's got to touch the ball much more than Zeke Elliott does. I think Zeke's good for five yards and in. Goal line. But Goal Pollard, line. I mean, you saw it in the Vikings game. He's unstoppable. Yeah, he's out in space. better than Zeke. So, Xavier Rhodes, another one of your guys, getting the start for a couple of injured guys in the secondary. but He's good for one game. Yeah, and this is when we need him. So, yeah, Dallas, 35-17. All hands on Dak. All hands on Dak. Is that going to be the title of the episode? That's it. <laughs> I think that game, that game, to me, <laughs> the first quarter of that game is going to tell yeah. the tale for that whole game. And here's the thing with because the, I forgot it, to mention this: the Cowboys are undefeated after a loss this year. They have not lost back-to-back games all season until they meet Tom Brady. Until next week. And it's and it's a very interesting until pattern, Josh, because <laughs> I was looking at that the other day. So, you know, the two losses at, at the beginning of the year, Tampa and Philly. And then how you lose two games, and then all of a sudden you rattle off, coincidentally, four wins in a row. It's happened multiple times this year. Yeah, and let's be realistic. Shouldn't have lost to Green Bay or Jacksonville. Had double-digit leads in both of those games in the fourth quarter. The Jacksonville game was terrible. Terrible loss. You win those games, you're probably the number one seed right now, honestly, because Philly didn't show up on Christmas Eve, so... Oh, that was great to watch. God bless the city that, oh, that holds their, uh, all their laurels in a fictitious character like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> that's I, I that's was, for another show, but you want to you want to do that? Go right ahead. I Tully. got to sit now. I got to sit and watch that game at my mother-in-law's house, sitting next to none other than Josh. There were some Eagle fans in the house. I had to let yeah, them know. Yeah, your son. I had to let them know. Fan. <laughs> well, he switched already. He was for the Titans now. Oh, is, he so is he changed yeah. over? We're good. Right after she just bought him a jersey. Yep. Oh, my well, God. I don't care. Get Waste the, the money. We're safe. We all, need, we all need a fire starter. Let's go burn it right now. All right, let's pick the rest of these playoffs here real quick. So, I don't know what you guys all picked. You'll have to go off your predictions here. San um, Francisco, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Minnesota, Cincinnati, hey, Dallas. Okay, all right, so in my scenario, the Giants would go to uh, Philly. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco would face Dallas in the in the divisional round. You guys all picked Minnesota, I think. Did anybody else pick the Giants? 
My gut says Giants, but I guess I'm going to go with Minnesota. I'm going to write them out. Okay. Yeah. So, Johnny, you got Minnesota facing uh, Philly then? No, or they're playing San Francisco because they were the three seed. I picked the Seahawks. Oh, yeah, oh. that's right. You did. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's an even bigger win. Seattle going to Philly and the Vikings facing the Niners. Who do you got there? Me? Oh, man. Uh, that's that's a game I don't want to see again. <laughs> Me and Jake saw that a couple years back down at the old R bar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And yeah, I, uh, I already, before the game even started, I said, oh, this is going to be a blowout. So this is going to be a horrible game for Minnesota. And it was. And, I, and it was. So do I think it happens again? Uh, yeah, I do, because it would be in San Fran, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll probably say San Fran wins that game. And then Philly beats Seattle? Yeah. Philly, what's that? Philly beats Philly, Seattle. Seattle. Uh, well, no, wait. If I'm making this pick and I'm going Seattle-Minnesota, I say Minnesota wins. Well, Seattle would play Philly because they're the lowest seed. Oh, yeah, Philly's going to beat Seattle for sure. Okay. So you got Philly and Minnesota in the champion? Or did you pick Minnesota? So I picked, out of my wins for this week, it was the Cowboys, NFC-wise, Cowboys, Vikings, Seahawks. So it would be Cowboys, Eagles, right? Right. No. Eagles, Seahawks. And Cowboys, Vikings. Yeah, <clears throat> Seattle, seventh seed. Oh, Okay. Forty to three. Listen, there's nothing I'd rather see than Cowboys. <laughs> you wouldn't have to break yeah, leg off a coffee Cowboys table, would you? Eagles <laughs> NFC Championship. That's good TV there. So why can't we see Eagles Cowboys Super Bowl? Oh man. Well, NFC Championship. So. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Why can't we see that game? Hmm. All right, this is getting messy. Let's just get to the Super yeah. Bowl picks. Yeah, let's do that. <clears throat> uh, Super Bowl picks for me. Uh I was honestly, I said weeks ago, uh, I said it was going to be Kansas City, San Fran. But with my picks here, I'd have to probably say, and I'm sorry, Josh, but I think the consensus pick here probably would be Kansas City Eagles. Oh, boy. Um, okay. So, yeah, Reed Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so. James, who you got? I know you said Cincy right. Niners earlier. I just want to add a little quick uh, thing Get here. It in there. Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager beer is a little ta- it's tasty. Yeah? Very light and refreshing. Thank you, like Johnny. Uh, recommend it. The but, recommendation uh, has succeeded. My Super Bowl picks are going to be, I told you before on the Average yeah. Joe's Facebook page. Yep. I'm picking the Cincinnati Bengals versus the 49ers. And I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals overall yes. to win the Damn, Super Bowl. Third son. time is the charm. I, I it's a rematch like of it. the Cincinnati San Francisco Super Bowl 81 in and 1981. And 88. When uh, Cincinnati, with Ken Anderson at quarterback, Icky had Shuffle. the lead with. No, nah, Icky Shuffle wasn't on that team. No, that wasn't. was 88. It was uh, the quarterback of the 49ers was Montana. Yeah. It was. Was, John Taylor. They, they had no. They had a uh, Freddie Solomon, wide receiver. Uh, Cincinnati had um, Dan Ross was a big player for them then. Wow. But Cincinnati had the lead in the end, and Montana took them down to win the game. Yeah. But Cincinnati had a really good team that year. Sure. In '81. But uh, I'm going with Cincinnati. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I just think overall balance of the team. I like is, it. Mm-hmm. Is gonna. And you talk about the first one in 81, but there was also a second one in 88. And the touchdown. Yeah, with that, Boomer. 
Yeah, the touch. I was so happy he lost that Super Bowl because I can't stand Boomer Esiason. But how Montana, how he threw that touchdown to John Taylor with about a minute 10 to go, and that was also the game when he was like, oh, yeah, look, John Candy, he's in the end zone. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Candy's calling the entire team. But the other thing, the other thing that gets lost in that Super Bowl was that was also Bill Walsh's last game with the San Francisco 49ers. He stepped down, I think, like two or three days later. Yes. Which I could not believe. The other day I did some research. George Seifert's got more wins than Bill Walsh. Could you believe that? But George Seifert inherited a great team. He did, but that's incredible to me. He's still got to coach it. Defensively and offensively. Well, when when Bill Walsh took over the San Francisco 49ers in 1979, they were terrible. They were were getting two or three wins a year. Then comes Joe Montana. His first first year on the job, they won two games. And then the strike season in 82, when there was only nine games, I think they went like three and six that year. And by the way, James, you have not seen... That game, uh, that year the San Fran won that Super Bowl was the cat, the Dwight Clark catch. Yeah, yeah. And I watched, I saw that live. Um, If you didn't see the Joe Montana special on Peacock, it's a good one. You should check it out. Oh, I got to check that out. It's a good one. You look so young, James. Thank you. Notre Dame (laughs) alum, Joe Montana. Yeah. All right, Tim, who's your but, Super Bowl pick? Uh, I literally have to go with uh, James here. Bengals Niners? Bengals Niners, and I need – I would love to see the Bengals win this time. I need Not because – no, not, not for that reason. Need it. One. No, no. Need it. Goddamn. No. I think they're due. You I think got, you and Laura should get great, divorced if they don't. Me too. <laughs> I think they're, they're just uh, – they, they played so well last year. It was such a great – Game. It was a great thing to see Joe Burrow Oops, sorry. Blo- blossom into the quarterback mm-hmm. he should be. Yeah. He's that he that used it. to be He's got in that college. It Joe Cool. Yeah. It just, <laughs> I think this year they need to put the stamp on it. This Offensive year. line is banged up. That's my concern. That's, that's been Honestly, I don't, care. Joe I don't care anybody else, actually, to be honest. I don't care anybody else how that plays out, but I think Cincinnati gets there regardless. Anybody on the other side, I really don't doesn't bother me, but I think they, regardless who it is, I think they win. All right, I'll be quick. I know I said earlier Cowboys-Niners meet in the conference championship. I still think that, but my Super Bowl is Chiefs-Niners. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid get their second. Solid. Agreed. That's where I'm thinking. And that's a solid game. It's yeah, a very Chiefs solid are, Chiefs game. are solid. Yeah. Rematch well, three years ago. And to take it a step further, Patrick Mahomes is your regular season MVP. For how good Patrick I was just Mahomes has been, that. though, right? How many Super Bowls have has he won so far? One. One. Right. Against the Niners. And you bring that up, Josh, because when they announced the, the first team or the all-pro team yesterday, they said that Patrick Mahomes, he got 49 out of 50 votes. So that pretty much confirms right then and there that he's going to be league MVP. But could you picture where your worst season is losing in the conference championship game? Like, that's your worst season. In overtime. Season. That's your worst season. Like last yeah. year's game with Buffalo and Kent. That was the craziest game ever. New that overtime rules this year. Game. Both teams get a possession. People keep forgetting about that. Yep. Yeah. That game last year? I don't like that. <clears throat> I like it. I don't. For playoffs. It's only for playoffs. But, Tim, you've said yourself that – when it comes to the National Football League and when it comes to college football, that you're more of a college football purist. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Really, when you think of it, this this new overtime procedure, it sort of has more of that college feel to it where, you know, someone goes, they, they score a touchdown, but the other team has a chance instead of ending the game, right? Then right. right. Well, the thing is, if, if like how it used to be, yeah. Yeah. how it used to be was, you know, if you got the touch, if you were the first one, you know, receive or whatever, got the first touchdown, game over. If you... Kick the field goal. Other team other gets a chance. chance. And if they kick a field goal, well, then it continues. Right. 
other, you know, then it turns into the whoever scores first kind of deal. I like that. I don't like the um, how they. One, I don't like ties. I don't understand why they allow that in the first place. Is ties. All right, Jake. Super Bowl pick. Who you got? Okay. So there's a difference between your heart and your head. Obviously, my heart, I want it to be Bills Vikings, but my head, it says. Buffalo Bills, San Francisco 49ers. And I've been high on Bills Buffalo. I've been high on Buffalo ever since the season began. If you, you can't not like Josh Allen. I know. And you can't. This one teammate didn't like me. Wyoming Bronco. Yeah. And the thing is, it you know, Sean McDermott, he was talking about this when everything happened with DeMar Hamlin. It seems like whatever curveball has been thrown their way this year, every single time they've risen to the occasion. When you consider, I mean, well, the city of Buffalo itself, when you had the supermarket <clears throat> shooting right before the season began, Dawson Knox lost his brother unexpectedly. Two major blizzards having to move a game to Detroit, and they still found a way to win that game. And then, of course, when you look at what happened with DeMar Hamlin and how, I mean, really the whole NFL rallied around them, I feel like Buffalo, I feel like they're a team that has been getting, they're, they're there, they're right on the doorstep. And not to take anything away, I mean, I'm, I'm tempted with Cincinnati because Joe Burrow definitely has that it factor. But I just feel like I feel like this is finally Buffalo's time. And so what I'm you're saying the with Buffalo is the fix is in. <laughs> so what he's saying is, skull. <laughs> well, Josh Allen yeah. is, you know, he scrambles, he's, he runs, he's he does him. everything. Josh yeah, Allen's him. Football team. If, yeah, mm-hmm. but are you Josh Allen? Are him. you picking them because of the incident? No, I'm just I'm just feel like I just feel like they're a talented team and I just feel like whatever obstacle has been thrown their way, they they've been able to rise rise to the occasion. They're super, super talented. I mean yeah, Stephon Diggs, I hate to bring it up. They are. Here's what I think. If the here's Bills or Vikings win the Bills. Super Bowl, the fix was in. Here's what I think about <laughs> the Bills saying. though. I, I like mm-hmm. the Bills, but just last week, for example, that game, you know, Hamlin factor and all that, they needed two kickoff returns. To get 14 points, and I just underrated acquisition there, Naheem Hines. The I just, the Colts. Yeah, it is, but just you're not going to get two kickoff returns every game, or maybe no. one even. Yeah, every you can't game. expect that. No. So the, the, I just think that's where Cincinnati's better than the Bills. The only yeah. thing I would, the only I think thing the Bill, I would, Cincinnati's a better running game with Mixon, yeah. rather mm-hmm. than Cook and Singletary. Because you know their I mean? running game, the, the only thing with the Bills is their running game has definitely been their weakness. I um, I mean. Josh Allen himself. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, Josh Allen himself. Has He's the leading been, rusher. Yeah. That's the only thing I would worry yeah. about. But. Well, so, Bills, Super Bowl seven. champs? Yeah, Bills over the Niners. Okay. It'll be the Bills' first seven. Super Bowl yeah. victory. They so lost four, four in a row. In a row with Kelly. All right, guys. Well, guess what? Uh, that first game, Seahawks-Niners, is about to kick off. We appreciate you guys joining us. Any final thoughts before we sign off here? Skull. Uh, Chris Slap, you want yeah, to discuss Super Bowl pick? Chris, here we go. I would like to. I'd like to. Uh, it was my pleasure to host the uh, the average Joe's here today. <laughs> we appreciate uh, it. And uh, I would like to thank uh, uh, Josh and uh, and Tim and Jake and Johnny Glow and a special guest from the from the desert southwest, southwest. <laughs> deep uh, south, deep south, deep south. Yeah, is uh, is um, James West, and and we're glad to have you're you. Welcome. I mean, thank you. And hopefully we can do it's this cold again up here. It's cold. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say, uh, uh, James. You have to have a, a, a 
period of adjustment coming up here because it's what a, what a difference in temperature. Well, well here's the thing: he's well, been here. I've been here for a little bit, he's but been here. Uh, it is cold. It is. It's, it's a, not it's my liking. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to. And let's all move south. heading down to uh, Florida soon. And, and James and I go back a long way. We, we go back, uh, you know, many years. I've known James for many years, and that we're glad to have him. And uh, Josh and I go back for many years too. We go so, back a lot of years. And, uh, <laughs> Josh and I go back for even more. About thirty-seven of them. Almost says even more. Yeah. So, but I, I just want to thank everybody for coming coming here tonight and, and to the uh, to the uh, Bearclaw Studios. Yeah, Bearclaw Studios and, and Boiler Room uh, and yes. the Boiler Room of the Bearclaw. Very Studios. nice. Yeah, and uh, and thanks again, everybody, and hopefully hopefully we can do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you for All the right, beverages, Chris. Good. Real quick thank before you. we sign off, ten thirteen left in the first quarter. San Francisco three, Seattle nothing. Nice. Thank we'll be watching. All right, folks, take care. Remember to follow us on Facebook. The Average Joe's Podcast has a Facebook page. Uh, we'll get this episode uploaded and uh, probably be back in April with a draft show once yeah. again, making some picks. So take care. Cheers.